And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. Easy, Hadley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We are talking old school, classic Veritas debates. Ugh. Classic. Please to start <laughs> off. And you're both Veritas associates, right? Yes. Are. What, what I, year I, are you? I'm a both junior. I am a sophomore. Yes. Cool. But I'm a re- I'm a very recent for Veritas, I think. I just joined last semester. Yeah, I joined right before the pandemic, but then I was gone last semester, so I've been an associate for like a week. (laughs) Got it. Uh, And you made probably the greatest, I mean, anthem of any club organization in Franciscan history. Yes. Along with Bridget, who's been on the podcast twice. Yes, she has. And if you haven't... Twice, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, Kellen, but... (laughs) Uh, Veritas. No, we have it. So we have it. It's, it's a known it anthem. It, goes, yeah. it's, it starts out with like, and then Bridget and I come in. <laughs> Dang, I feel like it's an, I feel like yeah. an eagle soaring on high wings right now. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> it was oh, yeah, and we did it in the staircase in Louis Liz, which is like the most a beautiful, echoey, acoustic, lovely, amazing. We had blankets, white blankets over ourselves. It started out because the way that Bridget applied to, to Veritas was in her like description box or whatever when it was like, why do you want to join her or something? I don't know what it was. But she basically just put, well, I hear that this is the greatest cult like on campus. And he, she just, she did this entire, it's so funny. I wish I could. The greatest cult? Yeah. She, she, cult? she basically, nice. well, she, it was, it was so, and she's such a Oh, you're talking person. Veritas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. <laughs> Veritas. Veritas is the cult. And she's just so funny that. Eileen like read it and she immediately was like, absolutely, she has to join, of course. And then I, she told me this and I was like, well, we have to make an anthem for your, your cult. And she came up with a bunch of it. And then I just helped out with harmonies. And then we came, we came up with that song. I remember Bridget's post for that because this was the fir- I think this was the first semester we were doing associates. And um, oh. yeah, because we, we started them the fall of 2019, I think. And the way we did it originally was uh, you could only become an associate by being invited mm-hmm. by yes. somebody who's already an associate. Ooh, exclusive. Right, exclusive. So that's why it's a cult. <laughs> so we had like these <laughs> business invited, cards. Come straight, come straight in. Yeah. And here, <laughs> the price was $25 a semester. That's a lot of money for, for a, a college pen? student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. It was trying intense. to rip people this off. Yes, classic. I did. Yeah. We ripped people exactly. off. Exactly. This is a blue collar area. Uh, we do not have twenty five dollars to spend. Now, in to justify it, we bought really cool Veritas t shirts, oh. which is pretty dope. So <laughs> what happened to those? Yeah, they are cool. Though. They are cool. Yeah. I I don't think I would. Extremely comfortable. I'm not sure. Although my dad like roasted me about it because it it just has the eagle, but it doesn't say Veritas or anything. And so, like, if you you're in Veritas, you know what it is. But anyways, cult. But Again, it was it was super secretive, and uh, well, not super secretive, but cult. we had like uh, yeah, it was cultic. <laughs> oh, whoa, we had a uh, business cards that you know it had a link on the back that you could sign up mm-hmm. via that. So she just found the business card thing and then went on the thing and was like, 
I know I'm supposed to receive this business card um, by some secretive Veritas associate in the middle of the night and uh, submit my request to join your monastic cult. <laughs> but uh, and and it was like a paragraph when I, I was it reading was it. So... I was like, this is hilarious. This is perfect. That's what you get when you have an English major who is also just a hilarious person gets involved in Veritas by finding a random business card. <laughs> She was so good. All right, random question. Yes. How long do you think Veritas has been around? I think three years. Um, yeah, I would say about the same. But it's because I have prior knowledge. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah but, but okay, but if I didn't have that prior knowledge, I would say it's been around for maybe 20 years. Just, just, just oh, because really? I would just like assume that yeah, it's Yeah, I had prior knowledge. Like I knew that, yeah, y'all started it. So. Since, nice. since it <laughs> I was going to say since Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Probably since yeah. around then. Yeah. 18, 1856. We've had some pretty, we, we've always tried to make sure that our topics, we have like a anti-white noise policy with topics. That's always been our thing. Like I classify some things as just like fading into the background of just Franciscan white noise, mm-hmm. you know? And like some debate topic that we all kind of like pat ourselves on the back and we all agree on stuff. It has to be actually pretty, you know, divisive, I think. <laughs> Praise and worship music. Oh, yes. I mm-hmm. That one I uh Well, I never really I voted every once in a while cuz I was the cameraman, so I didn't really. I mean, I guess I could vote, but I'm not very charismatic. Mm. I'm I'm not I'm not going to say I don't like the charismatics. But uh, you're going to say that. <laughs> but yeah, and that's what you're going to imply. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't hate him. I don't but, hate no. him, but I mean, I I guess so I only go to a fop if somebody really asks me to, or if my girlfriend asks me to, then I don't have a choice. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, and I don't really mind them. I kind of just stay. Why, why do you think it is that so many people do mind them so much? Meaning like they really don't like festivals of praises. They don't like Tuesday I, night praise and worship. Like I they... think it comes down to personality. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people are... I think there's a lot of, because if somebody, let's take somebody that's shy and somebody that's really outgoing, I think naturally the really outgoing person would be the one that goes to the fops and is more charismatic. There are a lot of shy people, obviously, and I don't think that they're, they just don't really feel comfortable in that environment. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of this, but some, I mean, people just really have their preferences. I don't, I don't really care, honestly. Um, I wouldn't go to them like every time. But, I mean, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. I like, I'm the kind of Catholic that likes to go to mass on Sunday, obviously. I'll go to mass. I'll go to daily mass every once in a while. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, usually I read the readings on Sunday before I go to mass. <laughs> good, stuff. Uh, All good stuff. Yeah, okay. Good job. <laughs> Do you mind having like praise and worship style music During in the mass? mass? I just don't like it when people are jumping up and down with their shoes mm-hmm. off and their Bible in their left hand. <laughs> <laughs> left hand only. Yeah. yeah. Right, right hand is fine with, you know, and if they have shoes on, okay. it's okay. Granted, I've never seen anybody do that before. So I don't really care, honestly. The mass is the mass. And, you know, I did mission work in Jamaica and the Our Father took 10 minutes long because there was like <gasps> clapping yeah. and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Clapping and all sorts of like different dancing and things, but we don't really have that in American culture. Um, so I don't really care, honestly, and I don't really see it on campus, anyways. I mean, 
You mean during mass? During mass, yeah. yeah, on Sunday. Which mass do you go to though? Usually the 10 a.m. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I used to always go that's to the. That's probably why. I used to always <laughs> go to the 8:30. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, but now I go to the 10:30. So there's a 10. I don't know. But is there different types of singing at different masses? Well, yeah. I, what I think is that more evening masses, just because in general, I've just my whole life, because my dad used to be a music director at uh, like a few different parishes. So we would go to all kind like all throughout the day, but I would usually go to evening mass. And I noticed that towards evening masses, it's a little more relaxed and it'll have the more like contemporary music. It'll have those 70s hits that people seem to really <laughs> hate at Franciscan. <laughs> That I didn't even know, like, are weird or like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But I just kind of was like, it's just my childhood, and like, <laughs> I'm like, it's a song that I listen to, but not, you know, outside of mass. But I definitely think that towards the later parts of the day, because I do the 8 p.m. too at Franciscan. Oh wow! Yeah, you you have um, just more contemporary music, more more praise and worship on the scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if this is me, but just me. But is there a lot of people that don't like going to mass like after four p.m.? I'm one of those people yeah. that love to go to mass like morning. Like, yeah, I don't want. Absolutely. I don't even want to go to mass at noon. Like yeah. I want to go. I usually at home. I go to like ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. I don't like going afternoon. It just makes me feel. I feel better when I go in the morning. I don't know. I feel like it I'm just, just. It just feels nice to start off. Isn't that how you start like the day? Yeah, and it's really enjoyable. I don't. I I look forward to having. I don't know. I don't really mind having it later on. I think sometimes it can kind of like uh, conflict with just other things. Like I'm like, well, I would rather go have dinner with people rather than mm-hmm. go to 4 p.m. mass because then my day feels more free. Yeah, it makes open. it feel like segmented. Yeah. It's like, here's my morning, here's mass, but and also, then here's this weird thing. I think for me, I tend to want to prepare myself throughout the entire day and like leading up to this moment of I'm going to mass at 8 p.m. at night. So I'm like, okay, I need to prepare in my mind, like, because I do music, I'm like, okay, let's look at the readings. Let's see what the music is like. What is the responsorial psalm? And then I kind of take that music, especially because I, I usually do the psalm. I look at the psalm and I try and pray with it and really, like, figure out what it says. And I, like, I'm not, like, a super amazing theologically-minded person, but I don't know, just I feel like sometimes I don't really listen to the psalm when I'm at mass, especially when it's spoken rather than sung. I don't pay attention as often as I should. So it seems like people who are really against fops or praise and worship are a bit more, seems like there's more of those than there are like people who like praise and worship against like incorporating Latin stuff into the mass. Yeah. Does that seem to be, what do you think, Hadley, about that? Yeah, no, definitely true. I think, okay, so my take on it is that the people that are like, you know, our trad Catholics um, are definitely a lot of people that have grown up with just like one image of Catholicism. They're like, this is what it is. And so they've almost become like gatekeepers of that because they're like, oh, well, like you're practicing, you know, Catholicism, but you're not practicing like my Catholicism, what I know it to be, because they haven't like had experiences, you know, of the fact that like it's universal and there are different ways of practicing it. And so I think that like those are the people that care more about it because they see it almost as like an attack on like their view of Catholicism. And I think it does come like from a place of care because they're like, oh, like you want to be Catholic, but you're not practicing right, you know, quote unquote. Um, But I think the people that are more like charismatic and like, I guess, new wave, that sounds weird, but, (laughs) you know, like newer, more modern um, would be the word is that a lot of them I've noticed are like converts. 
And so for them, it's like a place almost like they've come to the faith themselves and it's like a place of refuge is kind of what I've seen. And so it's like they would gravitate more towards, you know, the more welcoming, the more open, which is what like the charismatic movement has been focused on. Well, I will reveal this at the praise and worship debate. I fiercely opposed praise and worship music. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember yeah, me? You, yeah, you, you. I was in my you total hated trap, it, man. Dude. I, I was deep <laughs> in the uh, the controversy. So I think that um, what was the motion? This, this house, house believes, believes praise and worship music uh, should should be. have a place in the. We liturgy. were going to say shouldn't. What, what was what oh. was the semester? Was this? This was spring of 2018, I think. Uh, wait, wait, is that right? No, no, no. That would have been spring of 2019. Spring of 2019. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 2018. That's our first semester. So. What was uh, the majority or the final vote uh that it should have a place in the liturgy really? right but do you know what the it was close was i mean it was it was probably 20 votes difference between affirming opposing so what was the one it was we we had so because it was just clem and i originally president vice president and we had so many different discussions with people about like you guys can't have this debate this is going to be so divisive for no campus. you have to have it okay oh. well why why do you think that on franciscan campus it's like such a thing that people talk mm. about and such a thing that everyone has an opinion on so it's like if you want to get people to show up to your debate <laughs> that's definitely the topic did. i think a lot of people too everybody gets so I just don't understand why people on campus we can't just have like a reasonable talk about it because people get so mad if you say praise and worship music sucks yeah like I don't and nobody says that it sucks right but people say I don't know Alex Alex may I have historically I don't yes. know if I would I don't, describe it in the same way now it's not really for me but yeah, I agree with it's you. It's just like, why can't we have, why would somebody say, oh, you can't debate that. It's too touchy. What does that even mean, too touchy? I think people like, are just afraid of, of of another person saying that what they like is wrong, you know? Or, or it, oh, it's insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's insecurity. It, it, it's, it's, but also what I've picked <laughs> up on. Brother. music sucks. <laughs> is that the people, Jeez. so like I was in a car with people and there was like one person that was like really into praise and worship music and everyone else is hating on it. And he got really like hurt by it. And so, but what he shared was that like, like he, um, like I was talking about earlier, that it was like the church was a place of refuge for him because he'd found like comfort in it and that that was the first exposure that he had to it. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, we like have to listen to this over, you know, like traditional music. But it was that he found comfort in that because like that was his first mm -hmm. exposure to like the Catholic faith. I feel like it's probably because it's more familiar like music wise. Yeah. And just it's especially to someone who's just entering the Catholic faith. I won't say there's not anybody who's a convert and doesn't go, I love the traditional mass. I love Latin mass because I have met people like that. But more often I meet people who like engaged with the Holy Spirit in a time when they went to like a youth group or something with a friend or they went to a Stoneville conference because they were invited by yeah. a friend of theirs. And then they go to it's very heavy and they're those. like, wow, this is this is Jesus and this is my relationship with him. And they just they get on that Jesus high. That yeah, they associate they fall the really like emotionalism from, with yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So, how do you guys? Where do you guys stand on it on the spectrum? I'm like also I'll push the mic. Sorry, around. yeah, yeah. This is the whole making out phase. Alex. Yeah, yeah. You make out with the mic. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of like on the same wavelength as Kellen. I think that like there's nothing inherently bad about it, 
But I would agree with you, Alex, that it like doesn't belong in the liturgy. And the way that I had it described to me once, I guess I saw a quote that I was like, oh, this really makes sense to me. It was like, if you wouldn't do it at the foot of the cross, don't do it in mass. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think we should be having like, you know, dancing in like a rock band at the foot of the cross, like with guitars and all that stuff. So that's kind of like how I feel about it. But I don't think like if you want to listen to it for prayer or something like that, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a bad person, bad Catholic kind of thing. I will disagree with you. Ooh. You're because no. <laughs> you're a bad guy. Yeah. Evicted. Yeah. I'm off the podcast from this moment forward. Um, no. So uh, that's interesting that you brought up dancing because I we have a thing in California. It's called L.A. Congress. I don't know if you've ever been. Where are you from in California? San Diego. Oh, San crap. Diego, baby. From hey. East Cone. Nice. Um, no. So. We have this thing called LA Congress and what happens on the Thursday before LA Congress, it's a weekend where a bunch of religious from basically all over the West of the United States will come in and it'll just be a whole Congress. And there's a lot of, there's controversial talks. There will be talks by atheists, Jewish rabbis. Like I went to one, he's a Jewish rabbi, but he was talking about science and God and it was really interesting. Um, So they have the Thursday before uh, 5,000 teens from all over will come to the Congress, but they have a mass. They split it up into like 2,500, 2,500, whatever. They have a mass and they always have liturgical dancing at this mass. And that is the one part of this whole mass that I always had a problem with because I was like, (laughs) mass doesn't feel, yeah, liturgical dancing. What are they doing, like swing dancing in front of the (laughs) altar? No, 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 no. Uh, Have you No, it's like a flash mob kind of thing. (laughs) You know, like Maddie Ziegler and like, they don't do that, but like it's contemporary where like they're they're moving their arms really slowly and they have like so like interpretive sashes. dancing it's kind like of thing. Interpretive dancing, and I get it because I I do think that there was a point in time in like not Catholic tradition, but within like you know Hebrew. Perhaps. Makes me feel like I'm in the Wild West with an Indian tribe on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and it's it. I think. Because I I used to be a dancer myself, and I think that dance is beautiful, and it is like a gift from God. I mean, that's where we get the word ole from, because people, when they saw like a dancer dancing, they would cry out Allah, Allah, which was God, because it was was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So beautiful that they were like, wow, this must be a gift from God, your ability to dance so well. Um, But I don't think that belongs in the liturgy. However, you bringing up, would you do this at the foot of the cross? I wouldn't like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do at the foot of the cross of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably first ball my eyes out because I'd be like, Jesus is here and he's on the cross and that was me. Um, <laughs> he did that for me. Um, but I definitely, I think I would instantly sing the first song that came into my head, whether or not it was praise and worship. And I do think that there, I think praise and worship does have a place in the mass, but not in the way that it happens at FOPs. Yeah. If you okay. understand what mm-hmm. I mean. I get it. Like, like I, I don't think that when you introduce a praise and worship song in mass that you should like go off on trills and and do like, ah, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. like you can't do that during mass. Like mass, I mean, my whole life I was told like during mass, it is not a performance. You can't yeah. go up there and think everyone's here to listen to me because first off, mm-hmm. that's just so egotistical. Right. Um, and secondly, like, everything that we have is a gift from God. So that like includes my voice and, you know, 
I'm basically like to, to go up there and be like, that was me. I'm like, that's yeah. When wrong. people come up afterwards, just, they're like, wrong. you sounded so great. Yeah, oh my God. Like, yeah. Oh, thanks. I usually, now I say it's the Holy spirit, but I used to be like, Oh, thank you so much. Like it, it was so hard. Um, uh, <laughs> but I do think it has a place in mass, but you have to be careful about where you place it and also what your intention is with placing it. Because mm-hmm. I do think, because, uh, quite recently we had a girl who came up to us after mass and she was like, Thank you so much for the music. I come to this mass specifically because it helps me to pray. You know, oh. so 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 it's like for certain people, it's like the highest compliment. For yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like doing I was music like, I'm like, or just ministry in general to yeah, like hear class. that like like anything that you do can help somebody's relationship with God and just improving it like is like humbling. I think because I'm like, wow, the Holy Spirit really came in and helped us out with that one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, and that's that that's your purpose. For the yeah, music there exactly. is to help them is to help participate them, in this yeah. prayer. And I should probably clarify, I've changed my position a little bit since that debate. <laughs> but I, I think what can be very, what people can um, kind of assume is that there's some ideal form, let's say, or matter of the mass where mm-hmm. it has like the ideal music, the ideal artwork, mm-hmm. the ideal ceremony, the, the ideal, ideal church, whatever. Yeah. ideal architecture, right. and, and that, vestments and, and everything. That you judge <laughs> everything. Yeah. By a hypothetical, abstracted, mm-hmm. ideal mm-hmm. setting, yeah. right? And then if it doesn't meet that, then you're upset and you're judging it the whole time and like, this is stupid and all this stuff. Whereas on the other side, the people who are just like praise and worship music types mm-hmm. are like, this appeals to me and it may not appeal to you. And that's fine because we can all be in this, which I think, you know, it's not a super sophisticated argument or whatever, but um, I think the reason people get so heated about it is just like, it's... Like, like you pointed to, the music is not, there's no ideal perfect form yeah. that we have to, now there's definitely more secular types of music that aren't appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like if the purpose is to help rapping during mass, I'd be like, you <laughs> exactly. need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah, stop. What's really interesting, you know, I've, I've talked with a number of professors about it as well. One, uh, Dr. Andrew Jones, shout out, and he was on the podcast. Cool, cool. Dr. Jones. He, he kind of pulled me out of uh, a very rigid traditionalism because I got mm-hmm. in, in and what I call like an ideological traditionalism. Were you a, a rad trad for a time? Yeah, oh, for, a, no. for a while. Oh. I mean, I was, I was deep in it. And he'd already come up with his 13 children's names. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Matt Trad? No, Matt Trad. Matt Trad. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he can become kind of ideological. But, anyways, um, Jones is a medieval historian. He, he said like there was a period of time in like uh, in France and England where they would have like, you know, the troubadours, the mm, people who yeah. would go around and sing yeah, songs yeah. and stuff. And they would kind of base it off of hymns and mass that they would hear and then kind of riff off of it and make their own thing. And then some troubadour songs would get really popular and then they would transport it to make it into hymns. And it was like, okay, which one of these is secular music? (laughs) Which one of these is sacred music? And that even led to, you know, even hymns we sing today may have possibly come from like traveling, you know, stupid love songs that a guy was trying (laughs) to do for for money, right? (laughs) Here's another weird... So... One thing that got brought brought up in the debate numerous times was Gregorian chant, mm-hmm. right? And people think that like chant is the highest expression of like religious music. Now I get it, chant is awesome, mm-hmm. right? If it's done right, it it's really beautiful. elevates. Yeah, it. amazing. It's amazing. But when uh, it's done right, when it's done <laughs> yeah. right, yeah, I know. Yeah, Keyword here. Yeah, if they're if they're always like chasing the notes in between, it's, it's like, just uh, like uh, yeah. But what's funny is, um, so Gregorian chant was basically not used from it was used still in some monasteries in rome 
But up until about like the mid 1800s, like no one in the West was using Gregorian chant. It got actually wow. Dom Prosper, who was a Dominican, and he started the liturgical movement. He tried to like revive Gregorian chant because he hated like Mozart and like other like French like Bach and stuff. Yeah, it, being in mass. Yeah, because wow. he thought they were secular. Oh, oh wow! Imagine that being that. the praise yeah. of worship is Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> Mozart did have a song, Kiss Mine Arse. Have you, <laughs> have you heard that? No. Oh, okay. I you need to, though. And now oh for the responsorial song, <laughs> Kiss Mine Arse. <laughs> you guys should look it up. It's he, Mozart composed a drinking song for his buddies. Oh, that's amazing. Kiss Mine Arse. I love uh, that. He also composed Mozart's Requiem and the Kyrie's and all that different yeah. type mm-hmm. stuff, so. But yeah, no. Uh, Don Prosper was like, "This is secular French music, and we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna take it." So he started trying to do Gregorian chant, and because chant is so hard, and no one had really heard of it, they all sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> and all the French people were like, "It's like when the children's choir sings at mass." Oh my gosh! When I was in children's choir, I would, I would look at my friend and be like, "Hey, let's stop singing," and then we would just stop singing and listen, and it was the most terrible noise in the world. But then we would start laughing during mass because we'd be like, "This is so funny!" But like, we were a part of that. <laughs> you were, yeah. you were making the noise. Yeah, like that was definitely us too. But it was so funny. Oh wow, it's so cute though. It, it is. <laughs> They're yeah. cute. When we talk about this um, notion of well, what'd you do at the foot of the cross? Are we kind of talking about at the moment Jesus died, like at that moment? Because there was no drums and there was no people blasting guitar while Jesus was saying, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was like, <laughs> and then blasting they, you know, repeat it again. And there's a riff. And yeah. then, you know, and you like, go into the bridge. <laughs> so when we talk about the foot of the cross, are, there would be no such thing as praise and worship music, right? Charismatic music, because that didn't happen at the foot of the cross. Right. Or how are we defining this? And where did that switch come in history to now? How did we even get, this praise and worship music, this kind of charismatic stuff, because that wasn't at that wasn't at you know when the moment when Jesus well, died. I, I, but but I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm Could not sure imagine? the phrase is super helpful. You know, I think it's helpful just in like thinking about. I mean, like you're not gonna like scream. I don't, I don't think you're gonna scream <laughs> at the foot of the cross of Jesus. But I do think it's important to like think about. Oh well, yeah, when? Because I, I, I wasn't thinking like if I was watching Jesus like with that group that was watching Jesus as he's making his way to Calvary because that's an entirely different kind of meditation I guess to think about because it's like throughout that whole time sure like what are you going to be doing I think like a couple years ago if you had asked me that like when I was 12 for some reason I thought like I'm going to be a martyr (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't I wouldn't say like that's commendable because I I had no understanding really of what that meant I just knew that it was like something that saints did and it was going to be great and I could go to heaven and be with Jesus and I was like I didn't know what that (laughs) meant at all Um, but like I would have tried to help Jesus at 12 years old I would have been like I'm going to go up there and take up the cross but it's like now thinking about it I, I would be so scared you know, I'd probably just be just like any of the disciples just watching Jesus as he's making his way. Just kind of like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to be in that position. You know, I, I would feel guilty. Yeah. I think the another question, too, is at the consecration and mm-hmm. leading up to that in the mass, are we kind of supposed to be envisioning envisioning the walk 
to Calvary? Wow. Are we supposed Ooh. to be thinking about the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, people spitting on him, all that? Are we supposed to be actually thinking about that during all this, during the consecration? Or are, is our mind kind of like separate? We're just listening to what the priest saying. I think. How are we supposed to judge that? Because I've always wondered, okay, it's at the consecration into your hands. I commend my spirit or mm-hmm. this is my body, which I give for you. Are we supposed to be thinking about the pain and the suffering and all the bloodshed that Jesus went through at that moment, what's supposed to be our thought process, right? As the priest is doing that, well, are there different thought processes? Are we supposed to be, what are we supposed to be thinking? When you look at the, the way that the mass is ordered, um, cause one time I went to a retreat and a priest was there and he was trying to explain how the mass works. I wasn't really paying attention cause I was a leader and I was trying to make sure these kids weren't like ripping each other's hairs out. But, um, <laughs> at one point when he was doing, you know, the consecration, it, it, it is, um, I guess a revisitation of the moment, the last moments Jesus had with his disciples. And so that's mm-hmm. what I tend to envision at that portion. But also I think that's why we have the crucifix in our churches so that mm-hmm. we can also look up and see like that is what happened right after this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of, it's, envision, it's envisioning all of Jesus's ministry, you know, because we have the gospel, we have the readings and the scriptures like foretell are like the Messiah coming. And, you know, especially when we get to uh, liturgical events like Easter and Christmas, we go through like these big portions of Jesus's life and his ministry. And I feel like we have these amazing times during those two, like Advent and Lent, where we are in deep spiritual, just like looking into our souls and really figuring out what we need to do better and then as soon as that big event hits, Christmas or Easter, we just go, cool. All right. Lent yeah, is we're over. Like, we did I it. I my ice cream now. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah it, it, it's like, oh, cool. I, I check box, you know, like my 60 days are are, are done. Uh, not 60 days. Yeah. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking of like the the workout stuff that people do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. like, Treat oh, Lent like yeah, a yeah. diet plan. You know? yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, basically. And, oh. and I feel like that, 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 is, that is really important to actually contemplate, you know, just – everything I, I i honestly i probably will just think about that now yeah like the next few weeks just i yeah and I, I mean i struggle praying too yeah and i try to think about you know what am i supposed to be thinking when i pray you know mm-hmm. i'm not just gonna say a whole mary and not think of anything because that what good does yeah, that really do you, you know what contemplative. i mean how do you get into that contemplative state when you're praying and you know in mass and all these different pieces how do we get into a mindset of prayer? Because I, I admit it, I get distracted really easily in the mass. Same, I do same. seriously. Yeah. And I, I try to. Th- I'm just thinking to myself, like, get these thoughts out of my head so I can actually focus. A lot of times, I can't focus. Mm-hmm. How do we get into a more focused, contemplative state of mind when we're like in mass? And in prayer, you know, what steps do we have to take to actually really try to think about what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Can praise and worship music help us to do that? <laughs> I oh. think yes. And Hadley oh, said earlier, no. According to you, like, shouldn't be in the liturgy. Yeah. Um, I think, so what I would say to, like, get into, because I definitely get distracted a lot. And I remember, like, once talking about that in confession. And the priest was like, well, don't get upset with yourself. You know, like, don't be like, oh, why can't I focus? But it was like, try and see, like, what those thoughts are. And then, like, 
allow them to be there and see if they're leading you to anything because like thought and reason, like, you know, as I'm learning right now in Plato's class that it's like the natural law and like natural reason is nothing more than like the divine light and the, you know, um, eternal law. So it's like, if you use your reason and you think about things, that's like connecting you to God. And something that I've like been really trying to do recently is rather than just being like really into like rote prayer and just like, okay, I'll pray my Hail Mary, pray my Our Father and I'm good is like to get into contemplative prayer. And so a lot of that was trying to figure out, okay, well, what does contemplative prayer mean? And what I found was that a lot of the times I didn't have like words to say, you know, because I was expecting, okay, I've got to have words because that's what rote prayer is. So that's what contemplative prayer is going to be. But I found a lot of it was just like, letting whatever came to mind, um, like allow it to be there and then to like think it through and see where it was that God was leading me, but to like invite God into that space and be like, okay, everything that I think is like of you and leading me closer to you. And so like designating that time to him. And then also just like, cause it's like a disposition of the heart. So recognizing that a lot of the times it won't be like words or feelings that I have, but just like a recognition of God's presence in everything. Yeah. Beautiful. Let me bring in another very, well, it's related, controversial, Demox debate. This house believes that the crisis in the church is due to modernizing the church. I remember that one. We did this one, right? You were were there. I I was present. I think I was, I think I was there. Yeah. Really? Okay. The first debate I actually was like at fully. Are we ripping, are we ripping the pieces Vatican II? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of discussion on that topic. Woo. The early days of the Kel and Alex show was was intense. It's we intense. did a lot of very we theological wow. stuff. Um, oh, wow. We did a lot. So you do remember that. Debate. Mostly led you, by you him. Yeah, there? yeah okay. I think yeah. so. I, I chaired that one, so I didn't get to speak. But uh, do you remember any speakers? I don't remember any speakers. Uh, hey, shout hey, out James hey, Wait, was about it? Oh, comparing, yes. Uh, was what, it, what did he? What did he? I, I, I just, and Christ the King. St. Pete. Oh, comparing well, well, the, the. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a whole other issue. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, he called it a concrete abomination. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Modernizing people, the church, yeah. a concrete. Well, well, no, he, he called the Christ the King Chapel a concrete abomination. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I think it looks like a dump. I think. I, mean, a, a I, I, kind, I kind of agree. Have opinion. you seen the ceiling? It's like black. It's like the ceiling is black. The ceiling, isn't it? Like no. is when no, you look no, at wasn't there sh- like there there's shafts of light that come out from the back and it's supposed to be a, a sun actually oh, I thought the, I thought the ceiling it, was yeah. kind of messed up or something I don't know it, it, anyway. yeah well when it you just, just look up and you don't look at the back all you see well all you see is like this these like weird like light like yellow yeah, looking things yeah. coming mm-hmm. out and I didn't even realize that it was supposed to be a sun until a friend of mine told me that. I, I was like, well, how am I supposed to know what if yeah. I look behind me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, okay. I think you filmed that one. Uh, we I think we all were there then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think Christ the King's very pretty. Now, I will say the tabernacle and the two angels next to it. That's very pretty. That's an addition. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I think that's really. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember our freshman year? The so the tabernacle. Maybe maybe this is what you guys do. Off to the side. The tabernacle. You know the chapel where the Mary statue mm-hmm. is. That yeah. used to be where the tabernacle was. Mm. That's how it is in my like, home parish. Is, yeah. Oh, my home parish. If you <laughs> right. look, the tabernacle the chair off to the right. for the priest yeah. was 
where the tabernacle is now. Yeah, that's and the that's choir used to be, or the band choir, yeah, whatever you call right. it. They used to be on the uh, altar stage. I like being It's been back. a while. It's I been like being so Oh, yeah, it's way better so, now. I think it's yeah. so much better. That, that was yeah. our first year was that. And I remember wow. I even, I was a Eucharistic minister uh, that year, and I went, I would have to go over to the side, get the Eucharist, bring it back <laughs> up to right. the altar. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So, wait, when did they change that? A couple years ago? Yeah. I think two years ago. Holy crap. That yeah. went fast. Um, I, so that's, that's how it is at your parish? Yeah, well. that's how it is. Yeah. Eucharist is off to the side. Yeah. Our tabernacle's off to the right. Which is it really? I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's, I kind of like it not in the center. I kind of mm. like the tabernacle off to the side. I don't know why. Because I think it, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have our uh, crucifix. Big cross. Mm right behind the altar. Then you have off to the side, the tabernacle. And um, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest stru <laughs> structure kind of guy. But we we already uh, talked about your ethical. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for all those who didn't know, I failed my ethics midterm. And so <laughs> shout out. And you said you had Plato. Yeah, year, right? I yeah, do. Shout out, Dr. Yes, Plato. Dr. Plato yeah, on the podcast. Best, best. Awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah, that church modernization debate, that was interesting. That was, it was very heated. And I think, because I, I remember a lot of, like, going into it, I was like, oh, no. I don't. <laughs> like, like, I didn't even realize that it was that big of a debate, mm -hmm. just in general, like, within the Catholic atmosphere, I guess, environment. I had no idea that it was going to be so heated. I was just like, oh, I don't really get what it means, but I'll go and I'll see. And I was like, wow. Won't that, this is wouldn't that bring out traditionalists and charismatics though? That was the idea. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, yeah. We, when, when I was Expose the like, people. They're trying to find the people they want to give the Veritas Society, yeah. um, well, business card to, yeah, trying yeah, to get the people so. they wanted to join. Jeez. Dude, the reason I, okay, so I was ultra trad. I was ultra mad trad. Mm. But the reason being is like the people who, on Veritas, kind of keep me in check. We're all in Austria that semester. So uh, I just went off the rails. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what do we do? We did a gun, we did assault weapons ban that semester. I, yeah. You mean to death Church penalty? modernization. Uh, death penalty was when we were in Austria. Was that when Austria? Yeah. Keller. There was one more. Was uh, it, was that, that wasn't the socialism debate. The socialism debate was in spring, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about another one. This house believes that, I liked that uh, one, American like, capitalism undermines a Catholic worldview. Yeah, I remember oh, that's that one. So weird. That was a, a that was a that was I a fun one. That. Wait, was was the last one the evolution debate or was that also spring? Yeah, that was spring last. Spring, okay. Yeah, I don't remember what the last one was. The evolution one was my favorite debate we've ever done. That was a really far. good one Did, to go to. Yeah. Okay, so in yeah. in Austria, uh, Zach Hamar, shout out Zach Hamar, friend friend of ours who we met in Austria, he. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he advo advocate for evolution and Dr. Shrek gave him like a whole book? No, he... So, yeah, yeah. Don't you remember oh, that? Oh, this story. You guys know Dr. Shrek? Yeah. No. Okay. He's my advisor. Yeah. Oh. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, me and Zach are... I describe him as this the person funny. most like me in the this universe in terms of temperament, personality, <laughs> yeah. whatever. They look the same. Jokes. Too, yeah. We look the same. It's weird. We both had... Big beards at the time, too. Well, anyway, Zach totally hates evolution. Thinks it's total bullcrap. Think it's uh, totally made up. Uh, has no evidence. And at the time, I was just, I was in a, well, I was in a weird 
funk because I was reading Nietzsche and Dostoevsky. (laughs) (laughs) So we would have these like debates and very intense debates for like hours and on evolution. And eventually uh, we did dumb ox debates in Austria. Um, McNamara was our sponsor. You know Dr. McNamara? Mac Daddy. He's now here now. Mac Daddy. He's now here. I'm excited to meet him. So we did a death penalty debate and then we did an evolution one. And it was literally just me versus Zach in a public <laughs> forum. And uh, I, we talked past each other the whole time. Yeah. Oh, wow. We were talking over each other. And they <laughs> yeah, were just it, like, was, it was so bad. Well, Alex. anyway, Zach made this argument from the magisterium where there was like a previous church document that he interpreted in a way to like disprove evolution. But this was like hundreds of years before yeah. Darwin. <laughs> like Council of Orange talking about God creating everything out of nothing. Oh and he used it. And Shrek had attended. (laughs) And I love Shrek's awesome. I love him. But he has a tendency to get a little bit heated when when things go south. (laughs) So um, he was like pacing in the back and he was like, (laughs) he went up to Zach and gave him like 10 magisterial documents. (laughs) Just like, you have completely misinterpreted it all. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Didn't Didn't he purposely misinterpret it though? I mean, it was it was a stretch. I mean, it was like years before Darwin, and he's trying to interpret it. To, that was so funny. By Shrek the way, just I, came, I came around. I, oh. I, uh, yeah, I think evolution has has a lot of evidence it can't explain and claims too much, and so I don't buy it. Anyways. I <laughs> interesting. I just ha- I'm I'm digging anthropology, physical anthropology. I took that. Is that Fitzgibbons? Yes, I and he is a wonderful guy. And um, he's a weird dude. He he's he's wonderful. Uh, I love him. I loved him. But with evolution, I think that. Do you mean like coming from apes? No, 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 wait, wait. I firmly believe Kellen came from apes. <laughs> so this anyone, house believes. Any, it's so evidence, true, baby. If there's any evidence, it's Kellen. Because uh, uh, okay. it's like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. I'm evidence too, Kellen, all right? Because there's just portions of el- evolution that I, I mean, obviously we as humans evolve and we adapt to our environment. Yeah. That's true. But There's two huge claims that what, I... What are... Co- universal common descent. Mm-hmm. So meaning all the species on Earth came, came from, from a single common ancestor. That's okay. just... That sounds it's, dumb. It's unfortunately... It's, 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 impossible it's, to, it's impossible to... It's impossible to prove, <clears throat> demonstrate, because we have no evidence of a single common origin. We just have, let's say... Um, yeah, so that's the big main one. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is is speciation. How you can we ha- we haven't been able to prove how one species can actually come into a completely different other species okay. by mm-hmm. the factors of survival of fittest mm-hmm. and like random mutation mm-hmm. stuff. And then if you could add on to that like the problem of speciation is like a problem of randomness too. It's like one of the big parts of it is some type of uh that DNA can randomly mutate, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you get like. But there, we, we're finding more and more evidence of order in terms of mutation. Yeah, and and randomness is a really strange concept because Aristotle didn't believe chance really existed because when you say something's up to chance, it just means you you're ignorant of the cause. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be a cause, right? You're just ignorant of what it is, so you ascribe it to chance and randomness. Yeah. Mm-hmm which is another huge part of the evolutionary system. It's like, and so what it was, was a, and I'm taking from Thomas Kuhn in his book, um, 
um, what is it called? Structure of Scientific Revolution. Shout out. Shout out to Karen. <laughs> Have you ever heard the term paradigm shift? Yes. yes okay. Course. So Especially he's the one here who, at Franciscan. Mm-hmm. He's All the time. one who coined the phrase. Oh, okay. And okay. in his book, he's kind of a science skeptic, but he had a very inter- um, uh, yeah, widely read book in which he argued that um, what comes along, the, the scientific, notice how we use the word scientific community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So within the community, they have a certain paradigm. It's the way that they look at the universe. True. And then once they they all agree on the paradigm, let's say it's Newtonian physics before uh, Einstein and relativity. Yeah. And then all the people within that do what's called normal science. So they're just trying to further the conclusions of the paradigm. So I'm going to prove more things within like physics, objects crashing, and then equal opposite reaction, all Newtonian stuff. Yeah. But they're not coming to work doing experiments trying to overthrow Newtonian physics. Mm-hmm. They just all agree on it. Now, if enough things become anomalous, meaning it can explain things, then people are like, oh, this is weird. And what could happen is a new theory comes in and then the paradigm ends up shifting. To something mm-hmm. completely different. Yep. And if you're in the community, you've shifted with it. Mm-hmm. So Newtonian physics was one. Evolution was a huge one. I mean, just like the the structure of the atom. Yeah, atomic like, like stuff. That, that, that atomic alone. Because it's yeah. like, I remember like learning about that in seventh grade. And just there's <laughs> there's maybe like four different ways that people thought that the atom was structured. And they're yeah. still figuring it. They, and then they thought the atom was the smallest thing. And then it's... um. What is actually the smallest thing? It's a uh, quartz or something. Yeah, quartz. And then I think quarks. Mo- more yeah. quarks. Yeah, and then, and then I was like quartz. Uh. <laughs> quartz. <laughs> I only get my ice cream at quartz. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get gallons. No, I, and then um, I think more recently they they they're finding like oh there's something even smaller and it's like oh great but it's just yeah with science I feel like especially nowadays, it seems that people think that science is an absolute and they're mm-hmm. forgetting that science is constantly being rediscovered. Yeah. You know, because it's all theories. Like they it don't, is, there's it, no it absolute. A lot yeah. of it is theories. And like, even like it within, like when you're learning science, you learn about the difference between a theory and a hypothesis. And it's like, yeah, exactly. But nothing's ever for sure. And you're supposed to like, you know, like th- this is what a scientist is. It's a really curious person. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's a scientist. You know, you read that. Yeah, so we're all curious. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty curious. I don't think I'm a scientist though. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I but remember. It's, it's, and people say things like it's down to a science, meaning it's down to an exact Yeah, thing. they think and it's so it, precise. Yeah, yeah. But it's but like yeah. science is not exact. Math can be exact. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But like, like you look at uh, biology within even the last 20 years, I feel like you could find mm-hmm. so many changes, you know, and it just like physics within the last 100 years, uh, medicine alone. <laughs> yeah. And then the 1860s is when they started, oh, maybe we should wash our hands. You know, like <laughs> there's so many things that like you're just going to constantly be learning about what's happening and what is the actual true cause, but you you might not ever know the true cause. It's a little bit like philosophy in that way, I think. Won't know the true cause, yeah. <laughs> what's that whole dumb philosophical argument that's like two plus two equals five? <laughs> Have you ever heard of that one? Do you want to invent it? I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it's, There's a uh, musical thing like that where it's like oh, three really? times three is six. I forget what it is, but do you guys know Dead Mouse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think like I think uh Dead Mouse had an album called something like that and it's like an actual music theory. Then people were talking about it. They're like mathematically, how could that be true? Cuz it's not actually. It was something weird like 2 plus 2 is 5. But I was like, I don't know. Nice. Would you like to create your philosophy theory? <laughs> I think yeah, my philosophy theory is 2 plus 2 equals 4. 
Uh, congrats. Good job. <laughs> there you go. That's my philosophy. Proud of you. It's good for Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smartest one out there. Yeah. yeah. The evolution evolving. claim, though, like, so the scientific community just all accepts it. And notice that it comes at pretty much the exact same time as, like, atheistic reductionism, mm -hmm. materialism comes about. I would say the popular scientific community all accepts it. Because there are definitely a lot yeah. of scientists that, like, because mm -hmm. there's plenty of skeptics within the scientific community oh, that's such a weird term i think first notice off. how it, like it's a group right yeah and if, mm -hmm. imagine being a biologist who doesn't accept evolution mm, yeah it's like it, you're it, technically yeah. not it, a part of the yeah. community because yeah. then it's like oh you're yeah. weird and you don't belong here because you don't well it's like, because with you don't ideas. yeah it's, you don't accept our idea yeah. so therefore so it's like bye or, or you get <laughs> yeah. you, you get you basically just will get knocked out of any kind of scientific yeah you're discredited yeah, yeah. exactly if you don't believe in evolution, but maybe you came up with a cure for cancer. You know? Yeah. And then they're like, well, we'll take that. But also you're not going to get any credit for it because yeah. you don't believe in evolution. Um, which, and it's wild because if there is like another paradigm shift and all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, evolution, never mind. It's like they're never going to be like, oh, wow, you were right. It yeah. was yeah. I mean, get with the looking, times. Come looking on. At like Galileo and him being was it excommunicated from the church. Yeah, and it's like, oh, sorry, Galileo, you you were technically correct. It, it, things like that where it's like, I don't know, it, it's really, really tough to keep an open mind when the entire world, it seems, is going one way, mm -hmm. which I don't know, like, like as a Catholic especially, I mean, coming back to religion and theology, it, um, when you so strongly believe in a God in general and then you go to an extremely secular and mostly atheistic place, like like a public school in California. <laughs> uh, Heck yeah. Yeah. Went there. Uh, yep. <laughs> and you it, it just, it's not necessarily that you'll get attacked. In some groups you will, but you just feel like you cannot express your ideas. I, that's mm -hmm. how I felt sometimes. Mm. That I just couldn't say what the I The thing you mentioned with like the theory and it never fully explains the causes. Mm -hmm any new evidence that comes up just gets assimilated into the theory, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what evidence it is. You'll explain it with some type of evolutionary principle, mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, this continues our understanding of yeah. speciation. Mm -hmm. Like I remember they found, um, what was it? You know how they say there's like uh, homo sapiens and then there's homo erectus and then there's like this like Neanderthals or Pro whatever. Neander Neanderthals and Neanderthals and Cro-Magnons right. are our... Well, they're they're finding out that a lot of the like, oh, these are Neanderthals or whatever, and they're like a different species mm -hmm. are way more similar to humans and may yeah. have just been like, like basically interpreting the evidence within evolutionary framework mm -hmm. already rather than. So imagine if you had had it like a, a young earth creationist perspective or whatever, you would assimilate that with just like this is just a different tribe that just looks different, mm -hmm. right? Like. People have different heads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, this Nia, I feel like I know people who have like bigger <laughs> I always thought like, I always I thought the Neanderthals were like the abominable snowman. What? What? I don't know, it, it sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Continue. No, I'm an ape, I don't know. Just a little <laughs> just drop it in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. It sounds entirely. like a, or it's, Neanderthal sounds like a person who just lives in an igloo. Sounds like what? A, doesn't it sound that, like Neanderthal? Doesn't that sound like igloo? No, no. caves. 
I don't. I, I think, I think like the cave's painting people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, Neander. Sorry. <laughs> actually, Neander. I sound like such a nerd. <laughs> Sounds like you're like the eight year old kid. You know, I am. I'm eight year old. It's like actually, actually, paleontologists would tell you. Who comes up with these words? Didn't have as much imagination. They didn't. They didn't do the cave. Oh, they didn't do cave paintings. Who comes up Cro-Magnons did. What? Who comes up with the word Neanderthals? They did bury like, their dead, though. Interesting. So they they had like like people used to think they were really dumb and just absolute idiots. Who that's why they all died out or whatever. What <laughs> Neanderthal? Like who but, comes? Like, might as well name him dehydrated. It's like what is this? They live in an igloo. Like a Latin yeah. or a Greek term, though. Probably like most things in science. I don't know what it is because I never took Latin. I. Uh, Next Avoid debate. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Instagram. Ooh. Okay, we did that. I was thinking, here's a debate. This house believes that any person who voted for Joe Biden should be excommunicated. <laughs> I didn't vote. Or put in prison for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> put in prison? <laughs> okay. I said become president. I, I think, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're like, Those who vote for Joe Biden should be excommunicated immediately. Interesting. How would you prove that? Voting for him is basically a sin, isn't it? No, I know, but how would you prove, how would you prove that the yeah. person voted for Also, Joe Biden you is You just a, say people who voted for him. Joe Biden is a Catholic in good standing with the church. He's an Irish Catholic that <laughs> probably... No, I mean, it technically is true. He is... I mean, he's the bishop is has not though? excommunicated him. Is he, though? I mean, what, what's he going to well, do about abortion? What's he going to do about... Oh, yeah, I mean... All I, these different I, yeah. things. I agree. Um... Who yeah, willingly okay. votes for Joe Biden anyways? I mean, People, eventually the in the country. he's probably going to oh. die halfway through his presidency. Then it's going to be the I Kamala Harris show. Yeah. About that, actually, I'm like, is, is this man going to be OK for the yeah. next four years? Uh, yeah. Excommunicated. Yeah. Well, we had the Trump debate last semester. Yeah, right? that was so interesting. We've actually had two Trump yeah. debates. I think one really? of them was... Um, I think oh, what was it? This house believes Trump should build the wall or something like that. Oh, <laughs> was it? Was that the debate? We were in Austria at the time. Uh, but then this know. last semester was this house believes that faithful Catholics must. must vote for yeah, Trump. I was at that one. You I thought to. that that was a really you, yeah. You, you have, have to. to. There's you, that shouldn't even be a debate. I like, made a very controversial Instagram post about that, like basically telling people I was like. You don't like have to vote, you know, um, but I was like, if you are going to say that you're Catholic and you're going to vote, then you only have one option. V um, voting is literally a right given to us through bloodshed, through all these wars that we've had in the past, revolutionary wars, civil war, everything. The only reason why we have the ability to vote is because those people that died in the previous wars to get this country where it is. So if you're not going to vote, it's it's first of all, it's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. Not to vote because you're just, you're like, it's like you're throwing down your rights, one of your most precious rights mm -hmm. to vote. That's how we get things done in this country is we mm -hmm. vote on things. Uh, does that get anything done? Though? In, <laughs> theory, I mean, can you, in theory. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost well, think take the 2016 election, Trump versus Hillary. By yeah. not voting, you're helping portion. Trump. You're helping right. Trump. Okay, and I... Because he was the I underdog. Think, did I speak at the debate? I can't remember. I mean, I, I'm kind of convinced we're in a one-party system with, like, two faces. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, the, you pick one or the other. Uh, abortion's been around since 1973, and... Well, uh, I mean, like, the the getting it 
legality at least this right right it's been it's yeah right and and most you know states disagree of this trimester that trimester how hard it is how much whatever and sorry sorry. and uh, republicans have maybe done a little bit more but i think they're just kind of playing on christian sentiments yeah you know because Mm -hmm. there's enough the the what i mean by like the one party with two faces is uh substantially things remain the same and you pick yeah. one or the other, and then they just have slightly different approaches. And, you know, if Hillary would have gotten in office instead of Trump, I mean, we may have – okay, the, the China stuff, the wall stuff might not have happened. There would have been an acceleration of China integration mm-hmm. like Bill Clinton had started, but substantially, mostly the same. Yeah. I think, you know, Biden is a um, – uh, yeah, he's just the same of the same of the same. It's, mm-hmm. it's the same. Mm-hmm. And – um And uh, yeah, so I'm taking this like the basic political distinction of friend foe in order for people to believe there's a real democracy. They need to believe that there is the friends they're trying to win and the enemies they're trying to defeat. And therefore, democracy seems to have some apparent value because we defeated the enemies and our friends are in or they defeated us and we'll beat them in the next time. But if you can if you can let everyone be convinced that they're playing friend enemy distinction but both of it's just basically the same with different appearances, then mm-hmm. uh, the system remains the same and nothing substantial changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so like, okay, faithful Catholics must vote for Trump in the upcoming election. It's like, okay, well, half of them aren't. Half yeah. of them w- voted for Joe Biden. Proudly. Joe Biden's in yeah. good standing with the church, which you can talk about mm-hmm. the evil. Is he formally in good standing? Yeah, totally. He can go to mass. He can receive the Eucharist. And, As you know, there's... With the inauguration mass, he yeah. did. He, so he I think received, it the, a he question. received the Eucharist. Yeah, yeah. He before he was inaugurated, day, he went to mass the day of his uh, inauguration. Yeah. Now I, now I, I right. have my controversies about the oh my gosh, Archbishop sure. or Cardinal now of D.C. He was my former bishop. Oh really? Oh, yeah, wow. in Atlanta. So he confirmed me, and I have my opinion. Who gave on him, him the Eucharist? Was it like who was the priest that gave him the Eucharist? I, don't know. I think know? the rector of the. Uh, There's only been like one or two there. priests that have denied him communion, and that's like been what in the is? news. So I yeah. think the question becomes: What cowardice? The faithful Catholics must vote for Trump. Is should faithful Catholics participate in the American system? Mm-hmm. I think that's the mm-hmm. underlying debate of the vote for Trump. It's mm-hmm. like if you participate in the system, then should you always go Republican because they do abortion stuff right? And it's like there's other things that I think. You know, maybe it's antithetical and it's just like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, there was someone who had asked a question at the debate that was like, OK, well, you've got, you know, they said that they felt that the Democrats were doing a really good job at like fulfilling their promises. And they said that they felt that the Republicans, you know, like while they had good things, they were doing a bad job at fulfilling them. And they're like, we just don't think like I just don't want to vote for, you know, a party that I don't think is going to get stuff done. And then I don't know who was talking, but they um, answered it by saying that a proposed good done poorly is much better than a well done evil. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And that like really stood out to me. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because it's like, even if they're not doing their job well, it's still good. And therefore like we need to uphold good. And you know, if the bad side is doing their job really well, then we should really be trying to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I wonder if it's fear of being an outcast, obviously, because you probably will if you call out Joe Biden and everything. That's just 
Yeah. But I think you have kind of a point when you say, okay, it's a two-party system, but it's really one. Like there's, we have that image of the right and the left, right? But that's just one system. That's one thing. You right. have one it's, thing with two it people seems on different to be right sides. left, mm-hmm. but it's mostly just insiders versus outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. And so 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 take the capital storming. I think out of all the symbolic things that have happened in the United States, I think capital storming will definitely go down as one of the most symbolic because what it demonstrated is um so and this is the reason Trump has, you know, gotten demolished by Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. is because uh him inciting and you could argue oh he didn't incite the violence or whatever he said we're going to the capitol to to encourage our republican people to stand up for me and uh storming the capitol is we don't trust american democracy and we don't trust uh the american system to do anything uh for the will of the people that hurts their own power so we're going to demonstrate that which is really fun. you know they they got in there and then they're like what do we do and they're flying <laughs> yeah. american flags it's like you know, if this is like French Revolution. You you get like warrants for senators' arrest, and you yeah. establish your new government. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, um, yeah. So like the Democrats were all defund the police during the BLM stuff, and then Pelosi is you know total police around the Capitol afterwards. It's mm-hmm. like the inside in of the one party system. Yeah, they got yeah, into yeah, in their office. Picture, yeah, the coward. There was actually I saw a picture where it was like these. Uh, I forget what part of the Congress or Senate or whatever they were, but they, it was just people and they were all taking a selfie and they were like, haha, there's a pipe bomb here. <laughs> and it was so funny. <laughs> and they were just all chilling in the office. They're like, yeah, it's cool. And like, th- they were a part of the government and they were just chilling in their office. And I thought that was so funny. Uh, total side, side tangent track, but. <laughs> Trump didn't say be violent and storm the Capitol, right? He was just saying. He did say send a message, go to the Capitol, and then yeah. they got in. Yeah. yeah, but that's he's not saying storm the damn thing, right? He's not saying go in there and create violence. Yeah, I could be wrong. Protest, right? But I remember hearing that like somebody who worked with basically studying like violence incitement um, had said that he like didn't the words that he used and the tone that he used wasn't like inciting violence specifically. Was it, was it the tweet or was it his, his speech? His speech, I his think. Speech. Yeah, was what they analyzed. I mean, if you believe the... Yeah, I mean, if you believe the American government is completely corrupted to the point of no return, then violence is the next option to set mm-hmm. up a new government. You're just not going to accomplish that's what it. what the Declaration of Independence kind of... Yeah. It doesn't say yeah. violence, but it does say we as a people have a right to take over not take over but basically just like replace the government that isn't serving us there's a government Mm -hmm. that's unjust you have the right to replace it. it's just so powerful now and there's so many like insiders and stops made them having like both chambers of you know the of congress like that's a big deal too and then potentially like supreme court you know we'll see what happens with that it'll be really interesting i'm just i'm blown away that you know, during Trump's era, it was Republican. Like the Senate, uh, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court was Republican. I think it was five four, and then uh, I think the House and the Senate was Republican, right? Yeah, it the House only flipped at midterms in twenty eighteen. I'm just amazed that after all that Trump did, it it took this radical switch back to blue. I mean, now mm-hmm. it's 
it's this, happened like the yeah. last forever of elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is more to the point of it's a one party thing. And you, yeah, well, because it's yeah, a I mean, pendulum, it's, you know, so it's like sure. it goes really far one way and then back really far the other yeah. way. Yeah, it goes Bush senior, Clinton, Bush junior, <laughs> Obama, Trump, yeah. Biden. And what stays constant is the establishment insiders. Like mm-hmm. Biden has been mm-hmm. in in public office, office for 50 years. Yeah. 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 And and if you look at Bush Jr., like uh, Dick Cheney really was the the mind behind what was going on with Iraqi war and yeah. other stuff. So that's the insiders of the American government that people, uh, they don't see. And they think that mm-hmm. they're really affecting change by like, oh, Republicans have won this and Democrats want, lost that. We've affected real political change. It's like not substantial political change. It's just a, yeah. a changing of the the appearance of the guard, right? When was the last time a president wasn't elected for a second term? Uh, I mean, technically. Bush Sr.? Technically Trump. Yeah, it was technically Yeah, Trump. well, before him. Before, I think Bush uh, Sr., right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. Clinton was two-term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Junior was two-term. Yeah. Obama, Obama was, was two-term. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, Obama was basically president throughout my entire childhood. Yeah. I was like, that was such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I know. I remember we like watched his inauguration in second grade and my mom like came in and watched it with us because she was like, I don't know what they're going to spew to these kids. I don't know what they're going to try and right. teach them. Yeah. So she was Where? like, I'm from Atlanta. Georgia. Yeah. <clears throat> and I okay. went to like public school through elementary school. How did it Georgia flip? Was oh. that was that BS fraud stuff? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have my opinions on this. So apparently they're like accrediting it to Stacey Abrams, who lost the governor election back like a few years ago and she claims that she lost it to election fraud um voter fraud and so she's basically made it her mission to like sign up as many people as possible to vote and stuff um and i was very surprised that georgia flip flu like that i mean i'm from atlanta and atlanta's blue and like you know um we have like a democratic mayor um, but the governor of the state is Republican and it's been Republican for a while now. Um, so I was really surprised about that. And I wasn't surprised that like the major cities voted blue, like Atlanta and Savannah. Um, I think like um, Augusta was blue, but I was just surprised with the whole state in general. I was also surprised with like the runoff elections because both um like Purdue has been the incumbent for a few years now. And then Leffler was never actually elected. So that was kind of like up in the air because she was appointed in um, a special election. And so, or not even a special election. It was just an appointment to fulfill um, the term of, I think, Isaacson. And so, um, but they both won in the, so they both had more votes on election day than um, Ossoff and Warnock. And so it was like interesting, but they didn't have 50%. So that's why they had to do the special election. But then they both ended up losing, which I was like, that's really surprising. (sighs) Okay. Turn it to Pennsylvania. Day before, I think, the final results, Trump is up 12% in Pennsylvania, I think. I was at the gym that day. Come back the next day. It says that he's down by 12%. So I was like, okay, how did this 24% switch go to yeah. Biden? There's no way that would have happened like that, that fast overnight. 
Did you guys hear about the whole 100,000 votes that went straight to Biden and nobody Yeah, how from? there's like vertical lines in the... So I... Okay, so are we going to talk about like voter fraud? Like, is that where we're going? Is that I, what I you want to bring up? What was our original topic? We have... I just okay. heard Veritas debates. Okay. Talk Veritas debate. Talk about we'll fraud. Switch it away. <laughs> I, we started with Instagram and then we yeah. went into. Yeah. <laughs> we, we never I think, talked right, let's, about. Let's just skip something else. Uh, okay, okay. Before we go there, I just want to say one last thing. I think that the next Veritas debate, it should be. You have to bring something in with with the election, right? Come on. Let's just do Probably it. Not. Stir you, the you pot. Bring something, right? <laughs> about politics. I mean, we're just gonna have a whole president change, and you're not gonna say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. All right, next topic. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. moving on. Or go ahead. Oh, no, I was just okay. going to say, I think people already talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's. Well, they put it Anyways. in the Troubadour. It, it's, oh. it's more. There was well, people like a watch party, and. <laughs> that's. Yeah, there was a watch party, and then yeah, the, the students party. see that Biden gets. All right. Back to very <laughs> controversial topics. Trump is definitely one of them. Oh. Modesty. Oh. Which has been brought up. Let's go back to <laughs> yeah, over and over and over again as being a potential deba uh, debate topic. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. been brought up in the group me numerous times. Why hasn't it happened yet? Many, I've, mm. The only reason okay, how why. Would you, well, I'll ask first. Okay. How would you formulate uh, a debate motion regarding modesty? Ooh. This house believes. I don't know. I think you could have a <laughs> lot of fun with like a satirical one for that. So it's like this house believes that anything other than prairie skirts are immodest. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like you can have only wearing really the fun. denim long skirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dressing like the Duckers. Duckers, is. yeah. <laughs> what about a da what about a Daisy Duke? What's a Daisy? <laughs> <laughs> Talking for yourself. <laughs> Daisy Dukes are like um, like short shorts. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never heard of that before. Okay. Did you ever listen to California Girls by Katy Perry? Yeah. <laughs> that's where like, that's where I came from. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that meant. This <laughs> house, like I'll tell you what. Like this, this is how you prep this is how you right. preface it. This house believes that all the unloyal freshmen that came just for the free tuition are the Whoa. ones that are the modest ones. So that's that's what Whoa. I think. I think they are. I, I think mean, that there are still here. I want to figure out the numbers of <laughs> yeah, who left. Still... Oh, because you want to find out what again? For somebody that comes here at a Catholic university, a proud Catholic university, we are not prideful, but proud <laughs> Catholic university. Mm -hmm. And you come and you come here and you start wearing all this stuff. That's I don't agree. That's a that oh. is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And you come and you get the free tuition. You mess around. You don't even work hard. Then you leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the point? Because we had a big Halloween party at our place. I live next to Scott Hahn in that kind of AMDG house. I'm not Ooh. an AMDG. All the guys are. <laughs> 300 people came for a Halloween party. There were supposed to be like I 80 people. I remember hearing mm. remember about that? this. So many people were saying, I'm going to Halloween party. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what Halloween party is <laughs> Yeah, this? you're like, we why invited, didn't I get invited? <laughs> we invited I, I was like, I'm definitely not going. We invited like way too many people yeah. in here. The other Did I invited like wow. three people. The mm -hmm. other guys invited eighty people and like three hundred showed up. You know, people oh, wow. hear things that come. You needed saw, bouncers. <laughs> I, I thought that we was did. I thought that was the intention of that party. I thought like it was gonna be a huge thing. Some I can tell you some of the things that the young women were wearing, like oh. freshmen. Oh. Incredibly inappropriate, yeah. Like they're in a it was not good. I mean, I don't I don't even know what you call this, but she had like a strap on her back and then came out in the front and like only covered. Oh, so like, like a banjo like, like, top? Like a, like I, don't, a, I don't even know like how you describe it. Did it have any like straps over her shoulders? No, it was just okay. like straight. 
Yeah, a yeah, banjo, banjo top. Yeah. I yeah. saw that and I was like, jeez. <laughs> gotta go to confession now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was that bad. I was oh. I was thinking to myself, man, I've never seen this before at Franciscan. Mm-hmm. And I had Alex asked one of the podcasts four or five podcasts ago when we were back doing Zoom. You said, does Franciscan have a modesty problem? And I said, yes. But I think I was only really referring to this semester, the -hmm. semester that all those freshmen came. Because everybody that I see on campus dresses very nice. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome to see. Good job, Pablo. You guys look great, seriously. Oh, thank you. Um, Flannel. Alex, you look look like a... In and out. I got my Molly shirt on here. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jocelyn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was very shocked to see. You could tell those were freshmen mm-hmm. coming could, in. Well, you could tell it was it was the people who weren't really aware of what Franciscan was like. Because I, mm-hmm. I remember when I transferred into Franciscan and orientation weekend was coming along, we had like somehow the topic of like what people were wearing came up. And I'll be honest, before I came to Franciscan, I was kind of a little bit like, Oh, I don't know what this is going to be like. Cause it's going to be a bunch of like really traditional Catholics. And I'm going to not be really a part of this group. And I'm going to have to dress way different than how I do. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like, in how I grew up and where I was from, I just felt like I was going to enter a world that I was not used to at all. And I had a talk with like a coordinator of a household and she was like, well, you know, you'd be surprised because at Franciscan, not everyone wears like long skirts all the time. And like, like there are people who will wear crop tops. And like, at first I was like, whoa, that this is shocking. Like, but, Franciscan? Yeah, I was like, what? my good Catholic <laughs> university? <laughs> well, it wasn't my good Catholic university yet. I was so brand new and I was like shocked, but I was also like, I don't, I'm so confused as to how that could happen here. But then I I think as soon as I started going here, I wanted to dress better. Like, like, like you just get this sense of like, wow, everyone's dressing so well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to dress way nicer. Mm-hmm. Like, like my style has improved tremendously just in like what I choose to wear every day. And, it, and more so like, and I feel like for some reason, a lot of people within the past year have been talking about modesty and like what yeah. it means, actually. Because we've seen a lot of it. Like, a, a lot of modesty. In, in modesty. On, what grade are you guys in, by the way? I'm a junior. Sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alex, I can't have any one because I'm on keto, okay? <laughs> also, I'm good. You don't need to pour me cool. any. Yeah. Thank you. Good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you, though. Um. I don't know. But, I just saw a lot of cases where there was some inappropriate was, yeah, stuff. Th- th- yeah. There were some times that I was really, really shocked this fall semester. It's just, more just, just like, just how do you feel comfortable wearing that? Yeah, like, it was, and like, I don't know. Coming from California, you know, I see some pretty crazy stuff. Like, yep. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to PB. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, <laughs> What's PB? PB is Pacific Beach. <clears throat> We abbreviate everything uh, in, yeah. in SoCal, right? <laughs> SoCal, Southern so, California. SoCal. Um, but PB is uh, an area of San Diego that you will see just the randomest things. And sometimes it's like, oh, that's cool. 
Like it's it's a guy walking his dog and he has this big huge like bubble blowing thing and he's just skateboarding down the down the boardwalk and you're like that's he's smoking fun. a blunt yeah he's, he's definitely BB smoking a blunt yeah yeah it's it's there's there's like four <laughs> weed shops and you weed is everywhere you can smell it it's very potent and I do not like going down there because it I just think weed smells so bad it's weed so yeah there's a lot of weed where I'm at too yeah um, but um but. but you'll also see like. Oh, that's happening. That's happening right in front of me. And you're like, I have to close my eyes and just look away. And it's just, it's a little uncomfortable, just what people will wear sometimes. And it's men and women. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I hate it when guys wear thongs. I think that's the weirdest thing. Guys wear thongs? What? (laughs) (laughs) I have not heard of this. California, you're from California. I've never seen a guy wear thongs. You've never seen a guy wear thongs. Maybe a guy who's, maybe like a guy who sells his soul to. Like in those, you mean like you know, a speedo or in Kmart okay, where they have speedos, those guys? But like, like, have you ever seen like, like, no, no I've happens. never seen There's that. There's no like, way. Where? At PB? Okay. I was just like, I'll be on the lookout next time. It. And like, you just catch like a glimpse. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, why did you bend over? Like, why am I? <laughs> a guy wearing, okay, hold on a minute. A thong. I think we just move on. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, let's stick on this one. I, uh, I don't want to think about thongs. it anymore. Okay, uh, I think it's just, it, it, it's just, I don't know. Modesty in general, though, is an interesting thing because I think that, I don't know, because at one point I was convinced that modesty is also a cultural thing. You know, culturally, what is modest versus what is immodest is very different, obviously, from like America to India. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, even within the United States, I mean, there's different, I don't know. I don't think I'd ever see some guy in the middle of Ohio wearing a thong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some farmer wearing a thong while he's farming. I don't, I've never seen that before. Oh, man. No. I mean, <laughs> drugs are a weird thing. I mean, <laughs> Ohio has a lot of it. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know if they'd but, be wearing a thong right now. It's uh, 20 <laughs> degrees and snowing. So. <laughs> he could be. He just would never know. <laughs> a farmer? People do weird things. People do strange oh, things. Um, but it's just like, I don't you, you think about it and just some things are more culturally acceptable in different places. Like obviously like in California, a guy could wear a thong. In Ohio, <laughs> maybe see, I should stop using this. Again. Yeah, it's you, see so a new guy, one. you see a guy wearing a thong in Ohio, and the guy gets like beat the crap out of oh, from it. From I mean, the thing is, I don't know how we could have a debate on modesty. Like everyone agrees, it's, being yeah, modest is yeah, a good thing. It is a good thing, but it, the the definition of what yeah. modesty is is it's such a hard thing to tackle. And I think I don't know if it was you or if it's some other Veritas Society member. But somebody was talking about how modesty is really hard to tackle because it seems like such an abstract concept. Mm-hmm, because and, it's not like, oh, these are the rules, yeah. like wear this, wear that, shop it, here, it's shop like, there. Like, yeah. Recently I was having a conversation. They were like, well, if Mary wore it, and I was like, I don't think Mary would wear a flannel. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, 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 Mary still wouldn't be, be like, yo, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out here wearing my, my green turtleneck and my plaid flannel. Like, I yeah. don't think like, Jesus so. would wear a thong either. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Maybe sandals, sure. but we, not. Yeah, they even oh have thongs gosh. back in Jesus' time? <laughs> that may be the greatest think, sentence yeah. I've ever been said on the Galaxy. Ask Scott Hahn next time you see him. Oh my gosh, yeah. what have I done? Ask Scott Hahn first day. I think it's also hard because it like 
I think it changes based on the situation you're in, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, there are certain times where certain clothes are appropriate. Yeah. And so it would be like, you know, wearing like a swimsuit out in the weather that we have here right now. Like, it's just not appropriate. So I think like That's who you're around. Is that I saw this video. I don't know where I saw it, but it's this guy and he's in a Speedo, <laughs> but it's, he's at the beach. And then the the guy narrating it is talking about as he's going like farther and farther inland, like this guy's just walking. He's like, and here he is on the boardwalk. It's still fine that he's, you know, in a thong because the beach is right there. And as he gets closer and closer to like the city, it becomes more and more inappropriate for him to be walking around as he is. Yeah. And like, that's something that people bring up all the time is that like, well, bikinis and in like speedos basically like that's just being naked but it makes sense that you're in that when you're at the beach or when you're at a pool because in that environment it's okay but if you like were wearing the same thing and you went into a restaurant yeah like it's it's not well there's some restaurants along the coast that it might be okay at because people just like surfers will pop in there and yeah do whatever Mm -hmm. Eat, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, at a restaurant, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a interesting. So I, I had asked, uh, do you know Dr. Volstein? Uh, yeah, I've heard the name. Here, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does the, uh, theology of the body. He does his mm. main thing. Um, he he said, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. Okay, so imagine what, what is the most modest, let's say, from an objective standard uh, in terms of clothing mm-hmm. society that exists on on Earth. Right. Society. society. Are we talking about like country? Yeah. Well, societies, mm-hmm. countries, mm-hmm. Muslim countries. Muslim. Mm. Yeah. They cover the the ladies from head to toe. Right. It's yeah. an oppressive or, society. Women in is. Yeah. They can't even show right. Their face. So right. So modesty does not equal. Um, yeah. Right. And the way they treat their women. Mm-hmm. Um, divorce mm-hmm. laws. Yeah. Uh, multiple wives. Yeah. Um, and you can pedophilia. beat your wife with a stick this long, like it says in the Quran. Go ahead and you can beat your wife, but yeah. you have to have a stick. Beating a your wife, all this type of stuff. And, oh, well, they're objectively the most modest. I mean, they, you can, can't even see them except for mm-hmm. their eyes. And um, and they can only take off that outer garment when they're in the presence of their husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, we definitely wouldn't characterize them as a uh, society that values, uh, well, it's, it's modesty in the objective sense, I guess you could say, in, in like how much clothing they're wearing. But yeah. it's not like, a, a purity of heart or a modesty yeah. really yeah and so when we when you it's a both and it's like i think well it's modesty when you have the ability to choose what you want to wear women in that society they can't they don't have mm-hmm. a choice what they want to wear you know what i mean like out in public you ever seen like they wear these all black i don't even know what you call it but they can only show like their eyes or whatever mm-hmm. it's not like in the united states where you know, you can, a woman can wear, a guy can wear whatever he wants. Semi-related, <clears throat> school uniforms. Oh, Ooh. I had that. I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I liked my school uniforms. Did I mean, you have one? Uh, yeah. I, in I high school? Think, no, not in high school. Okay. In middle school. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I had one in high school. Really? Yeah, I had yeah. one in high school. You did as well? Yeah. Catholic schools? Catholic yeah. School. Yeah, my okay. sister did the same. Yeah. She had a uniform. Public school? No. <laughs> I, I wore, I, I think I would have liked it if we had uniforms. I wouldn't have cared. I don't yeah. care either side. All you have to do is just wash your clothes, make sure they're clean. Exactly. I never went to middle tough. school. I, I never went to middle school without having my clothes clean. I yeah. would sleep in my uniform sometimes because I'd be like, I don't want to. I want to change out of this. I'm going to wear the exact same yeah, thing tomorrow. It was so easy. Like unless I choose. unless I yeah. had like volleyball practice after school and I knew I was going to get all gross and sweaty, 
I was like, I'm just going to sleep in my clothes. I don't, I'm like, I have to wake up early in the morning. I have to, you know, cause just to get to school on time. Cause I lived 30, 32, 35 minutes away from my school. Cause down Chula Vista. Um, I talked to Alex only when I'm talking nice. about like where things Wait, what are. was the school called? Uh, modern day Catholic high school. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So. I think that modesty really comes out when the person has a choice what to wear. You know what I mean? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. And if you're trying to have some sort of shock value, just wearing something that's Wear inappropriate. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I I don't know. I, I think that uh, I changed my view. I don't think Franciscan really has a modesty problem. Mm-hmm. I think most people here do a good job. But there are some people that want to have that shock value. Yeah. Like you couldn't pay me to walk around campus in a thong. Like I, if, how much money are we talking? Yeah. So if we all ship, I would do it yeah. if I was streaking from one end to the other with a mask oh over my, my head. Oh my gosh! That's the only time I would do it. All right. How much fun? Go fund me campaign. Yeah, let's start it. We'll put it in the podcast no. link. Kellen Paul with no. mask. I definitely would not yeah. do that. No. Kickstarter. I definitely would not do that. <laughs> I think it's also um, like upholding like masculinity and femininity. So it's like in, you know, Islam, like you don't even know that it's a woman under there. Like it could Mm -hmm. be, you know, it could be a child. It could be a man. Like you can't even tell. Um, And so I think it's like upholding, you know, what. Yeah. When when they wear the full, I think it's called the burqa. Yeah. I think that's called the burqa. But I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's so interesting to me though, to look at the like Muslim community in general and see people or I should say women who just wear the hijabs Mm -hmm. rather than going full on. And like, it's, it's so interesting because it's like, there is this modern idea of Islam today, I think where it's like, they are less strict about, but I think that's different, like sections of it. Right. Yeah. Probably. Cause there's lots of different sections of um, Islam. All that I know, I'm obviously not a Muslim. <laughs> so yeah. all that I know about are, are like there's there's these two called the Shiite and the Sunni, which yeah. those are I only know that because I'm taking a global terrorism class. <laughs> they, <laughs> they hate each other, isn't class? They have a global wow. Okay, I'm extremely interested about uh oh, no. Shiites and the Sunnis hate each other. Yeah. I, I have a lot of opinions on the global oh, terrorism stuff. Another but, another ooh. podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Yeah. Another podcast. It's about modesty at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Could could we do it, Franciscan? Debate. Do it. I think we could. Okay, yeah. we have to. Okay, so this house believes that Franciscan has a modesty problem. I don't think that's. Uh, this house believes that, that I, I think modesty can, uh, is undervalued. This house believes modesty that, I mean, is undervalued. You could do modesty because <clears throat> I, I want to get somewhere. This maybe. house believes American culture is immodest. No, no, no I think that. Okay, I, I think I don't that. Know. Like, well, how do you formulate take, something that take, you could have two sides? Take yeah. into consideration yeah. that Franciscan is mostly modest. So if you're gonna say. Well, some people don't think that. Yeah, but in, come on. We all know that it is. But, yeah. Well, and, some people are. I, well, I think that it's. Some people believe I should be wearing if, if, a, a prairie dress. Exactly. Day. If we say. This <laughs> That's what I believe, Daisy. <laughs> yeah, Franciscan uniforms, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no. This house like believes doesn't, 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 yes, uh, that Christendom? men should wear um, clerics and women should wear. <laughs> doesn't Christendom have uniforms? Christendom? Oh, dude. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yuck. They're they? weird. I, I hate they have it. a well, dress code. So it's say, like you have to show I, I up in like a suit like the, to class. Do you know TAC? I don't like that. Yeah, in California. I have friends that go to TAC. Yeah, they also kind of have it. I don't know. 
THC is a little interesting They're to me. Interesting, yeah. And mm-hmm. what do they, they call their professor something specific? It's not. They call them tutors. That's what they call mm-hmm. them. A tutor. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, I think I don't know. I just because I have friends who who go there. Doctor Tutor. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they don't refer them as doctor professor. It's 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 a very it's a more casual relationship, and all their classes are Socratic. I think. Yeah, they only they're them. like a great books program, right? Yeah, they only have like one yeah. major. I think Which I'm like that's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I don't this know. house that's hard. this house believes that. Well, we can either go with solely really Franciscan or American society, yeah. like you said. I feel like this, we have to do Franciscan I think, though. It, yeah. But w- it, <sighs> well, if we did, I think something that would be a really good topic is this house believes that American culture has a problem with modesty. Yeah. Immodesty. Modesty or modesty? Yeah. Fair problem enough. with modesty. Yeah. That will definitely be a good one. But if we want to make it more specific and really get people's, mm-hmm. really get it heated, it's this. This house believes that Franciscan has a modesty problem. By you prefacing that, that's going to make people bring out a lot of more information than saying Franciscan doesn't have a modesty problem. Because Mm -hmm. if we look at it in reality, I'd say Franciscan, if we look at does it have a modesty problem or doesn't it, there's going to be a lot more people saying it doesn't. Because I don't think it really does. I don't, I mean, the only time I've ever seen really immodest stuff was Was at your Halloween party. Was at my Halloween party. (laughs) I've never seen it anywhere else. So if you say, you have to say Franciscan has a modesty problem. Mm-hmm. you can't say doesn't I mean you could but it's not gonna be yeah because when people feel attacked yeah. then they have like more to bring out and if we mm-hmm. think that the majority of the people think I that just, there isn't one like, then yeah I, I just hope that it could become a fruitful discussion rather than like something that like because I, I do I do I do yeah I do know <laughs> that there are a lot of women probably men too but there are a lot of women on campus who it's it's a delicate topic for them not that they don't want to touch it at all, but just like it, like it means a lot because I feel like it is, it is more of a topic that aims at women. Absolutely. More than I, That's what For I sure. was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I think that, well, who has more of a chance of being immodest, m- women or men? Like uh, in terms of like a- availability, you know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, of stuff, you know what I mean? What the fashion industry sure. gives yeah, to us, you, rather you than you go buy yeah. like a, a in New York City, you yeah. go buy a. a I mean, I could, see, kinda... could we couple the debate with a dating at Franciscan debate? Right? I see. Ooh. I, I don't know because another... I, I feel like modesty head on is is doomed to fail. It, yeah, I, I. But we had a dating at Franciscan debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Ooh. was a charity debate. I saw the video for that one. Did you really? I did. Okay, wow. Jocelyn. It was intense. Jocelyn just gave me awesome. something really quick. So yeah, yeah. she said, this house believes that our community has a false belief of true modesty. Okay, and then then touch on what true modesty is. Not wearing Muslim attire that covers anything, but rather clothes that embraces your masculinity and femininity. Yeah, I wore shorts all yeah. the time, so I don't really have a place Embrace to talk Embrace your mm-hmm. masculinity. Um, our our community has a false belief of true modesty. Jocelyn, what do you mean by our community? Do you mean Franciscan alone or like... I mean, it just, I said that because I don't know what you guys want to focus on. So it could be either our community as Franciscan or it could be just our society. So community as Franciscan or society in general. I think we better... It's hard because... I mean, I would say anybody has a false belief because like you guys have already brought up different views. There's several people on campus who have a certain idea that, yeah, you should only wear, like, long skirts and, you know, as if you were going into religious life. 
but then mm-hmm. there's also like belief that like wearing yoga pants are fine you know what I'm saying so it's just like there's yoga oh, boy. pants <laughs> oh. now that's a good one okay could that's you, could really you say like <laughs> yoga pants or are there certain clothing that is objectively immodest no matter what your intention is Yoga pants. Crap, it's hard. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, though it honestly depends on the build of a person. Because <laughs> no, that no. is true. Yeah, like, no, that no, is true. true. That is very true. true. Honesty becomes yeah. a very good problem. More attractive you are. I mean, yeah, yeah, it kind of. It, I think it's yoga just, pants specifically. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it really does depend on the build of a person and it just people in general. I was watching a video one time where it was like attractive people get off so easy in this world, and it's like, like, like they they were trying to figure out they were doing like a social experiment, and then they were like, how do you scientifically like figure this out about attractive people having a quote unquote easier life? And it's like, sure, yeah, if you're attractive, like Ted Bundy, people were like, how could Ted Bundy, like, he, he never would have done that. He's such a sweet guy. And you're like, oh, uh, no. He, he was just hot. People. He's he's sure he's attractive, but he also killed people. But- Bundy. Yeah. That's a small Ted Bundy thing. Was okay. A, yeah, does, oh, no, Ted Bundy it doesn't bother. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, I mean, that's a super extreme example, but. I don't know. You you think about it and it's, you know, if um, like within a secular view, if a woman who was in a bikini was of a bigger build and she wasn't like an, an ideal body type versus a woman who looks like a model and they're both wearing the same bikini and they all go walking, people would be more against the bigger build, like curvier woman because they'd be like, no, you can't wear that. It doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good on you. And then to the other one, they'd be like, no, that's okay. like within a secular view, not, yeah. not theological, not like mm. modest standards. Just they they would prefer the woman who's who looks like a model because she's more attractive and it's more appealing to the eye. <laughs> Interesting. I don't yeah. have much of a place to talk on this, Alex. <laughs> Coming off of that, I there was a we were talking about this, a group of friends. And one of the guys was like, oh, yeah, I don't think that like girls who have basically like a nice butt should be able to wear jeans. That was, yeah, that was his <laughs> argument. <laughs> and we were all like, what? <laughs> he was uh, like, wait it's a minute, just. My mind, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like, if you have a toned butt, like you should not be able to Which wear I'm jeans. Like, okay, like that's but- immodest, was what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what is she supposed to wear? Yeah. Exactly. He was like, just skirts? Sc- He was like, no, just skirts. Like, just, she sh- can- j- j- just things that yeah. won't at-, at all like hug the curves of. Yeah, body, even if it's like by accident. How about and nobody? Like, how about people just stop looking there? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what we right? said. We we're like, like can you can you control yourself? <laughs> just yeah. And I I went to a talk one time, and it was a very old nun who was giving a modesty talk to sixteen year olds, and I again was like a retreat leader, and this nun starts talking about how like obviously women have a certain responsibility in what they choose to wear, but also men have a responsibility in how they perceive you know the women. Of course, I think, <laughs> um, you know, there's responsibility on both sides for that. But the way she was talking about it was as if every every single instinct that the man had, he could never control it. And it, they it, can't. She, what are you talking about, Izzy? Anyways, Hadley, <laughs> she basically made it out to be like all men are 
animals and they have animal instincts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I brought it up. Like <laughs> <laughs> and Literally. I, I was just, I Me was appalled. I was absolutely appalled because I was like, she's telling she, these nice teenage woman. girls. Bam. Okay, don't, don't repeat what you just said. I probably me, didn't even me record. Ba- me ape, me like big women. <laughs> I didn't say like big women. I see women. But okay. I love how you say don't okay. repeat it and don't then repeat, repeat it. it. <laughs> say it. Hey, don't repeat this. <laughs> uh, right. Yes. Uh, Men no, I, like, I, was just start, like, like, I, I think that's such a dangerous thing to pass on to especially teenage girls. Just be like, oh, men have animalistic instincts and they can never control themselves. And I'm like, that's incorrect. Yeah, like, it's like, why would like, girls yeah. ever want to then date, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like, I don't want to date somebody or even possibly, like, marry be around, somebody. Who, yeah. it, be around people who just like, can't control How can you themselves. have guy friends, That's you know? Yeah, exactly. And I came up to well, a guy friend Would that be and- the assumption of Islamic countries, then? I mean, it, they, they dress the women head to toe, no curvature, no mm-hmm, attractiveness. Mm-hmm. It's just eyes. And... <laughs> well, uh, sometimes even, like, they have, like, a mesh... Yeah, yeah, even that, that right? Yeah. So isn't the assumption that men are, yeah, animalistic in that way? Like, there's no self control possible. I think that's so just that that is an totally underlying assumption. And also, in some cultures, it was believed that women, <laughs> women were just like seductresses. I mean, not in like Muslim culture, probably. Mm. I don't, I couldn't, I can't speak for that, but um, I do know that like. Like just in some cultures, women and the feminine was considered to be slightly more evil than the masculine. So it's like, like just because of things like having curves to your body, and it's like, oh, we're just so attracted to that, and we don't know, we don't know how to control. Can't control it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys think that just the concept of a model in general is immodest? The con, the con. Well, Mm. do you think just in general a model, a person who models? Because I think it depends. Yeah, I would say... Because if you say in general, then I say no. Because not every single model is going to go out there and be like, well, bam, I'm Victoria's Secret. How about (laughs) the... This is very specific. How about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit special? I oh. think that's that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I I think. <laughs> well, the whole point, yeah. Are you defending it? Or? <laughs> no, I'm not defending it. Yeah, because I, yeah, uh, yeah. um, I mean, the whole point of that is to show off their bodies. Yeah, and it's like to draw into that. Exactly. But I don't think like I mean, you have runway models like they literally are supposed to be sticks so that they like you just see the clothes basically mm-hmm. they're essentially a hanger a walking hanger which is wild um, but That's it's really like funny. they don't want them to have any sort of like shape because they want it to just be like here's just the clothes, clothes. And just look at the clothes most of them are like the designers like i just want to create one of this yeah, and that's yeah. why models are usually the same height same size same whatever so mm-hmm. that they can have their whole line of clothes on one person basically yeah exactly <laughs> sorry <laughs> I had a thought too, but um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a difficult topic. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a touch, it's a touchy. It's, there's yeah, a lot it's like, to it. Um, yeah. My whole thing was, you know, with the yoga pants. I think that the sin comes in the person who is looking at it. Now, obviously, you brought up something that I didn't really think about: is the more attractive the women, well, okay, maybe we should take things into consideration more. Um, I feel like people start to rationalize it the more attractive the person. It, yeah. it, guy mm-hmm. or girl, it's like, oh, this guy has abs. I really want to look at his abs. But like, so it's okay for him to run yeah, shirtless. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay for him to run around and like just 
fully just like, oh, wow. And it's like, okay. Glistening with sweat. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, this is weird. <laughs> like, when you think about it in a modest sense or just in just like a, like, that's, that feels like a sin to me to like <clears throat> want this person to go around shirtless just so you can look at their body. Like, that's yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross. It's, it's, I, I, I won't I get say it. I've never done it because I definitely have. <laughs> what about a girl who wears yoga pants because it's comfortable to her and she feels good when she's working out? In I'm one of those with people. no harm intention. I'm, I'm one of those people, and it's it's hard because when I'm I'm in yoga pants, I'm like, oh, this is so comfortable. I always think, but I think people are gonna stare at my butt. You know, I think people are gonna stare at my legs, so I get like a flannel and I tie it around my waist. Because it makes it makes me feel uncomfortable knowing that someone could be staring at me yeah. for, for something like that. Uh-huh. And there is a part of me that's like, well, that's unfair. But also, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't go past that. Like, well, I think it's unfair. I don't necessarily think I should be able to wear whatever I want because, like, I could make some bad choices and bad decisions. <laughs> but Do you think, though, that, like, people have become desensitized to that? And if so, is that a I think some bad peop- thing some that people, people have, have become desensitized? Some people have become desensitized to it. I mm-hmm. think it depends on their experiences in life. Because I, you know, like I think if my brother saw a girl in yoga pants, he wouldn't think anything of it. He wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, I need to stare at her butt. But like, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be like, whoa, she looks really hot. Um, just because that's not the type of person he is, you know? And I feel like that's a, a product of, being raised well, you know, where, where it's like he's, you know, and it's it's also, it's not, especially in these days where we have the internet, we have phones, and we have so much at our fingertips for information, both good and bad. When you're growing up, you're, you can be surrounded by a lot of imagery that objectifies people in general. Like, it yeah, just, it's- and, and it's like, wow, they look really really hot like like the tabloids and blah 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 and it's it's hard to avoid you know because in the past it would be mostly be like like just magazines and pictures that like would be harder to get to or not as easy access but a classic example to this is in prince caspian the voyage of the dawn treader Uh. when lucy thinks that she's not as beautiful as susan oh my gosh so she starts having these dreams of well, she's, I guess, she's wanting to be as beautiful as Susan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aslan comes to her in a dream. I think it was a dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he comes up and he says, Lucy, you know, what are you doing, basically? Yeah. Um, you doubt your beauty. And um, it just kind of shows that, I, I guess, a danger with with immodesty is that not only does it fantasize that person or whatever, make them to seem, you know, objectify them, but it also hurts the person who mm-hmm. thinks that they want to be they, like that. Or thinks that yeah. they have to be yeah. this objectification mm-hmm. or they have to be this standard of beauty because then that means, I mean, like just looking at, like I was telling someone about this the other day. It's like when we call ourselves uglier, we greatly dislike this part of our body that's like saying what God has done is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that makes no sense, you know? Because we are, Cause, cause our culture is like all comparisons. It is mm-hmm. all comparisons. Speaking of the culture. Yeah. I think the greatest source of immodesty 
Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> or sure. one of the actually, the pinnacles. Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I definitely think so. I mean, everything's reduced to a picture, and if yeah. you're a female, then and you're in a shot, you're gonna want to look the most attractive you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and and the ones who look more attractive get more likes. Yeah. Yep. It's just, and it's, I think it's really. Well, it's also like provocative. Like you have to grab their attention right away. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, what's going to grab, especially like, you know, a male's attention. It's going to be your body. I literally looked, I looked up on just Google said, does Instagram censor pornographic things? And literally said, no, no. it doesn't. It really doesn't. Because it's like, it's like myself. I think like our biggest issue is just that not even just social media, but just like media in general is like such we're exposed to like softcore porn. Like Mm -hmm. you think about standing in like the line at the grocery store and just like the magazines that are up Mm -hmm. there. It's like from a young age, like that's softcore porn to see like a woman, you know, standing in, you know, this string bikini basically. And she, it obviously doesn't fit her, you know, (laughs) covering her at all. And then like, that's just now on Instagram, but now it's not just, you know, Kate Hudson. Now it's your friends, your sister, you know, people that you know. And it's almost like, why would you want to expose yourself to the world like that? Sell your soul to the devil. Yeah. I mean, literally, I, (laughs) I get so weirded out whenever I walk into the men's section like at Kmart or something. And I go in there and I see the underwear section. And I see all these guys going like this, you know, <laughs> posing like this. I'm like, you look so stupid just yeah. wearing underwear. You're like, you don't even have a six pack. And you just, you're looking off to the side like you're this king crab running, riding a momentum wave <laughs> and a big fatty. And just like, you, uh, I would feel so embarrassed. <laughs> I would feel so embarrassed. You couldn't pay me a certain amount of money to even do that. Now, what but if they were wearing thongs? If that they were wearing it? thongs, I would never go to that store again. In fact, I would never go to any. I would never go to any section in a store that had. It's just so. St- God, I wonder what guys are thinking when they do that. Like, oh, I'm going to get some money, but I'm going to be all over the United States. I'm going to be all over the United States just with you know a freaking thong on or a p- <laughs> underwear. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Some people just don't care. Yeah. And it shows you that they don't care about human dignity. Well, it's probably because they don't, they either just one don't have that sense of what human dignity is. And they don't, they probably, I won't say they probably, but they might not think that they have it. Yeah. And they've lost it. What's they want like a sense of community and a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And they've been told that like the way to get that belonging and get that, it's all a pride thing. So it's praise. And that's what they're searching for. And, you know, likes have become compliments and comments. And so it's like, I'll open Instagram and I'm appalled by seeing my friends like this, you know, because they would never dress like that in front of me. Like they would never dress like that if we were just hanging out. But people specifically dress a certain way when they know pictures for Instagram are going to be taken. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Instagram is so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> it's so bad. I mean, it's, <sighs> and you it's think a- about all the people that are actually getting paid to do all this. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that are millionaires, but just by taking pictures of themselves and I couldn't think of a more pathetic way to live. <laughs> I mean, some people, and I think this is a reason why it's such a challenge being a Catholic is because we have so many truths that we know and it's hard we have to stand by them you know what i mean we have to mm-hmm. really not just you know believe in our faith but show our faith 
Yeah. And we have to be assertive into what we think is not good if it's not immodest. Not modest. <laughs> not which, immodest. Yeah, if it's not, not immodest, no. it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those challenges. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we can formulate a Pull it debate off. topic off Do of something. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this brings us back to politics, but our next debate is uh, this house believes the uh, American Republic has failed. Okay, what do you mean by that? Ameri- that's that's what, do you, what do you mean so, has failed? The Ameri- Sorry, the American experiment has failed. What, is, what do you mean it's the American failed. experiment? It's gone. It's done. gone. It's, it's done. You mean, you, yeah, mean, you mean It's been over democracy? for 20 years. Yeah, I suppose. Whatever you think the American experiment is. Well, okay, experiment. Wait, hold on. You, you have to... Like democracy. Democracy, guess, right? Uh, American <clears throat> democracy. We are people. We elect officials to represent us in certain areas. That's like a democracy. Now, maybe what you should do is like say, hey, what is the difference between a democracy and a republic? <laughs> yeah. Republic, you have you elected get, officials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. You know, and I'll, I'll actually. I don't know. Experiment. We've gone off on politics too much. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was, I was, like, Kellen was hoping like, yeah. that he could get, get it back to election that's our, fraud. That's our next topic we're, we're going on <laughs> with. But. My sister works in Atlanta, actually. Oh, where? Uh, I don't know. She's. She does, um, well, she got her, actually, she got her degree here. She did her undergrad in psychology, and then she did her master's in mental health um, cri- crisis or whatever. So she works in a hospital somewhere in Atlanta for Cool. Do you know health. what hospital? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I don't really know where she lives either. In Atlanta. Somewhere in Atlanta. But she, <laughs> somewhere. Cool. Somewhere there. Yeah. She lives there. Yeah. I have actually, I have to drive down to Atlanta this semester because I have to bring some of my bags. Oh. My, some of my sister's bags. Uh, cause she brought them home for break. <clears throat> so I have to drive all the way down there. It's not bad. It's only like 12 hours, right? Yeah. It's less than that. It's not actually. Bad. It's, only yeah, it's not bad. Hours. Just 12 hours. I mean, we uh, drove from California. Oh I drove 22 oh, and a half hours oh, straight. Oh I've done it a few times now. Yeah. You and I have yeah. driven just over 20 hours. So straight. Kellen called me. He was going through. Okay. I'll give the, I'll give the rundown. Give, give the rundown. All right. <laughs> so, I had already made it home in March. <laughs> March comes. COVID, time. COVID starts. I get off a cruise ship. Right when oh COVID started. Right when COVID started, I got off a cruise in the Mediterranean. Um, oh my gosh. Alex Bougie. calls. I know, crazy, right? <laughs> Alex calls me and he's like, Kellen, this thing called COVID, it's getting really bad. And I think they're going to send us home. Alex, you really predicted it because he just left. Anyways, oh, he didn't, oh my <clears> gosh, <throat> really? Didn't even like, because at the time they said, okay, we're going to give a two week yeah, period here to see what I happens. I didn't think we were going to come back. I go back. And I was pissed because it was my last semester. Yeah. And I was looking oh, forward to it. So, so I stayed bad. back a week. Yeah. In my hype, not letting anybody know. Eventually they found out, but <laughs> I had to leave. And so I drove all the way to Colorado. Oh and, my God. To start. And <laughs> was that in one trip all the way to Colorado? Uh, no, I think I spent the night in St. Louis or something. Okay. Yeah. And then I went from St. Louis to Colorado, oh which is like 13 hours or something. Jeez. So. My car is a Pontiac Vibe, and at the time, I didn't have very good tires on it. And it's not four-wheel drive. It's not all-wheel drive. It it's, can't last in a snowstorm. this is March? This is March. So that part of the month, there's storms over the Rockies oh. and this year in Nevadas. So what I had to do is I had to go from Colorado straight south to Albuquerque, New Mexico, all the way across Arizona to Bakersfield area, and then up. <laughs> I did that in one trip. Oh, wow. In one sitting. I drove 22 and a half hours straight. 
I was just getting into like Southern California, like eight, 18 hours in. Oh, and I drive, I live way up in Northern California. I called you and I was like, dude, <clears throat> don't kill yourself trying to get home. It man. got <laughs> so bad that when I was getting into California, I got nauseous driving. It was that bad. I've never been nauseous before driving. And I had been driving for so long that I was just like doing oh this. It, I get into like, uh, I'm into Bakersfield and like, I just need to talk to somebody. And so I oh. called Alex. He's like, dude, get a hotel in Bakersfield. Get a hotel somewhere. Get a hotel. I was like, dude, screw it, man. I'm going. So, I mean, not to a hotel. I'm going to go through. Oh, goodness. So I, I went no. through. <clears throat> I left Colorado at 4.30 in the morning. And I got in, I got home at 3.30 the next day yeah. in the morning. Oh, my So I drove gosh. 22 and a half hours straight. I remember crossing into Arizona. And the ladies, you know, my car's packed and everything. She asked, I'm going through the checkpoint. She's like, well, where'd you come from? Just like, just across the border. Because <laughs> I've been driving for like 17 hours at that yeah. point. And I'm like, I'm not about to, I'm just going to lie. I'm not going to say, because... I don't want to get questioned because if I yeah. told them I came from Colorado, that's like three states up. And you'd be like, what the heck are you doing? So I just, I just felt felt bad. I said a Hail Mary after I apologized. What did you say I, to her? I told her that she asked me, where are you coming from? And I had been driving for 17 hours straight yeah. from way away. And I was like, oh, I'm just coming from across the border. Just because I didn't want to get questioned and I didn't want to get looked at everything because I probably had some stuff in there they're not supposed to have. Oh, Um. <laughs> Mainly produce or something like that. Produce, I don't know. <laughs> Plants or something. Sure. Um, okay. I mean, if they're dog, if they had dogs around, they didn't Wait, they, sniff anything out. They mm, stopped you coming in from Cal, like yeah, Nevada, because California. Because it was at the checkpoint, and you know, COVID. COVID I didn't know oh, they didn't know they. Yeah, the, they'll yeah. they'll checkpoint you. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. <clears throat> just because, of, like, this is in Arizona. <clears throat> Arizona, yeah. Yeah, probably just because the the border. There, there's oh, portions. Yeah. There's portions where the border is just super close. Got it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, anyways, yeah, I made it. But man, when I when I got home, I was like, I've been driving since four thirty a.m. yesterday. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and I I was just like, I want to get home. COVID is running rampant. I don't want to stop at a hotel. I just want to keep driving. I filled up like five times. I remember just going through, oh my filling up, empty, fill up, empty, fill up, oh empty, fill up, empty, fill up, empty. I can't imagine. How I'll long did you sleep again. when you got home? Please tell me you slept for a whole day. Yeah. No, I probably I probably slept till I, I got to bed probably at four a.m. and I got up at probably like ten thirty or eleven. I oh can't sleep God. for more than the max I can sleep is probably ten hours. Really? I can't sleep. I don't know. I just I'm one of those people that wants to get my day going. Yeah. So I feel I feel crappy if I sleep in past ten. I feel that though. My body only you lets know. me sleep for six and a half hours. It's so terrible. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> no, you have a pandemic that comes every hundred years, and I want—I just wanted to get home. I was like, yeah. I don't want to stop anywhere. Just I don't care if I'm—I'll throw up. I'll stop the car. I'll throw up, and I'll get back in and keep driving. We had, we had done a I lot of desperate. We had done a lot of Veritas that semester before that happened. We had more stuff planned. <laughs> Yeah, um, y'all were going to do the masquerade ball. And I was so yeah. excited because I had this like what? perfect dress and I was going to get it when I went home for spring break and bring it back. And then it never happened. Oh, it was so oh. sad. Go back to some of our earlier podcasts where we did, we called it the infected stream. <laughs> yeah, Alex, that, Alex yeah. called that. We did probably 10 COVID streams. Oh, wow. Updating everything. We, um, 
basically we did right one before, right before spring break right on March in, 5th. in the lab we did it in the radio com- lab where we used to record mm. we used oh, to record. but anyways that whole trip was insane and then COVID just came around. Well, we were I got talking about cruise it. ship. We were talking about like, dude, Italy, Iran, and all these places. They have tons of cases. And you're like, yeah, I'm going on a cruise ship. <laughs> like, As one does. Okay. Wow. It was an 80s theme cruise 80s ship. Cruise. Excuse I was me. Unlimited alcohol. So, so <laughs> unlimited alcohol, unlimited food. I mean, it was like Dang. literally living in a palace. I mean, it was insane. And I got a little seasick too. Because yeah. I get seasick. I get motion sickness really Whoa. bad. But we went to... <laughs> and you were like, Shout I'm out doing to Disney this. World. Shout out to Disney World. Oh, dude. We've been on this... Ro- oh, Dave, my gosh. Dave from Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> you guys don't even think about like... Have you been to Disney World? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the Avatar ride? Or was that around? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, it's a... It's one of those rides where it's like a... You, you have like this 3D screen, you know, you put on the glasses yeah, yeah. and stuff. Oh you my sit gosh. in this thing. Oh, no. You know Avatar the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one with the I blue people, it, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this is and uh, this so is it's a ride that simulates you riding on that wow. like blue thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you like the, plug the, like, into. The, the, the <laughs> dragon looking yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. What, that's, what's us, that's us going that? on a zip line in Haiti. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, Anyways. Yeah. So, so Jocelyn, Kellen, and I were there in December. Because uh, I was visiting family, and Jocelyn got us tickets to Animal Kingdom, and we get on this ride. The first one of the day. First like, one of the day. It's like nine in the and morning. And you, you like get in, and it really does. You like, whoosh, oh. you know, it feels like you're flying yeah. through. Yeah. But it's the 3D screen, and I get kind of motion sick. Kellen gets ridiculously <laughs> oh, motion. No. It's terrible. No. I start screaming so the first, profanity. The first everything. thing he's like. Oh shit! <laughs> like, the first drop You're in and Disney yells World it. with like kids too. Oh, There's like three like, year olds oh. behind him. Yeah. And Joss and I were just bursting out laughing. <laughs> I was like, it was so was bad. There a porter potty and Avatar. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> And there were like there was like a couple next to us, and there was like oh, no. some other like people over on the side, and oh, Kellen the whole gosh. time was just dying oh, profanity no. all over the place. And you, I, were, yeah. you were sick for the rest of the I day. I got sick the rest oh, of the no. day. I yeah. went. <clears throat> I, oh my god! Oh yeah, and you threw up too. I yeah. threw up too. Yeah, the on a three D ride. Oh, god. I, I, see, I, I, felt, I felt that I was in. I mean, look, you're on that. The most crazy part about Avatar is those little dragon things, whatever you call them. You get hooked into that thing. I mean, I'm seeing it right here. I'm seeing it right here, mm-hmm. and I'm strapped in here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on the thing. You know what I mean? And it goes down. I'm going really fast. I remember the ride was what, probably two minutes long, two and a half minutes long. Oh, uh, it was like five minutes or so. Yeah. I remember f- like four minutes in, I started praying like the Hail Mary and Our Father because I was like, Lord God, please, please. No, I literally, I, no, put I, my, understand. I couldn't look I at understand. the screen. I looked up like this, closed my eyes, opening my eyes, and like rocking like this, like, God, get me out of this damn thing. <laughs> I'm going to die in the Avatar ride. Yeah, like you're in the fire pacing back and forth yeah. and get me out of here. when he Praying. goes to Disney World he's like let me leave <laughs> I mean okay I had a similar experience on I don't have, has anybody been to California Adventure yes and Tower of Terror yes Tower of Terror is brilliant Tower of Terror <clears throat> great they changed it to Guardians of the Galaxy and I've been on both uh, iterations Guardians of the Galaxy in my opinion is better but it's longer oh boy and that like up and down motion for some reason gets me really motion sick. Oof, yeah. And so I usually like it just it hurts my head and my like stomach starts hurting. And so I was there. I was there with a boy that I liked. Ooh, wait, do was, tell. It's just a boy that I liked. Is it over <laughs> but, now? Yeah. It's, it's Damn. yeah. 
Anyways, <laughs> this is back in high school. <clears throat> oh, this, this is high is, school. Yeah, yeah, this crap. is high school. <laughs> so this is like our. She's going to um, send him this link. Yeah. yeah. Okay, pass that. <laughs> if you're listening to this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's grad night. And he asked, he had asked me to prom. And so we were talking about prom. Our All of our friends abandoned us. And it was just us two in line for Guardians of the Galaxy. We get to the very front of the line because everyone's like, oh, my gosh, let the couple through. And I was like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're a couple. <laughs> anyway, so we get to the very front of the line. We get inside. And I, like the last time I was on this ride, I remember I got motion sick. But I was like, this time it'll be fine. <laughs> like, I'm a couple now. I'm invincible. <laughs> it's like, it's like that like, light couple that you feel. Yeah. It's exactly what I and feel. It's, it's when you feel light. Like you're... I feel like I'm still kind of moving is the thing is yeah. it's just like this leftover motion that but I'm totally still and like that's what gets me motion sick. So the first time fine, but we go on it a second time <laughs> and I go, this is a bad idea. And it's at the so we that was the first ride we went on and the last one we went on. And for some reason, he wanted to go on again. And I was like, OK, yeah, that's fine, because I was like, I really like you. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to go on this ride. Um, and I felt terrible on like the second drop and I was like about to throw up and I like threw up in the ride and I was like this well, is you threw so up you threw up on yourself was it, was no, it like not, a lot was it like a lot somebody else <laughs> I was on the you end you threw up on him I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. He, and like, that's why they're not together <laughs> no he didn't even know because I threw up to the side <gasps> Nice. <laughs> and like wait so y'all got off the ride and he didn't know and then he, you just he, got off the ride right he, after he, <laughs> <laughs> for the next I, I like got I, I, was, I was feeling so sick and I wasn't even talking to him that's how sick I felt and like like, like even on the, the way back because we took shuttles to our bus because it's like 2am at this point and like I must have looked terrible because he kept on looking and he's like are you are you okay and I was like uh. <laughs> I was like I don't want to talk right uh-huh, now uh-huh. I was like literally about to throw up again and so like I I'm finally I'm in the bus and like I'm so glad he was not in the same bus as me like I I would have been mortified because I was literally about to throw up again and like oh it was just terrible my stomach hurt so bad and I was like trying to find a bag to throw up in and like a ton of my friends came onto the bus that I was on. They were like, are you okay? We heard that you're not fine. And I was like, oh no. Rumors are spreading that I threw up on a ride. Medic. And like, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I just, I need to get home right now. And it took like two more hours to get back to our school. And I was like, this, this is, this is hell. <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. I get California. bad motion sickness. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was, yeah, it was literally it was like someone you're talking about, get me off this ride. I was like, get me off this I ride. I was praying. I was like, me too. just look up. <laughs> me Don't look too. at the screen. Look up. And I was Same gripping, here. I was gripping my seat. So I wouldn't move. It's like, wouldn't move that as much. Cause you know, on that ride, mm-hmm. you're going all over the place. It's hard on Tower of Terror too. Cause you literally just get lifted out of your seat. And so like, like I'm like trying not to move and too. And like I'm like, up I, as you're going yeah, down. Literally, uh, I'm like, I can't control my guts moving inside my body right now. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, I mean like it actually is how it is, but I love roller coasters. Now, have you ever had one of those moments in mass where you're like, I'm going to pass out or I'm yes. going to throw up? If there's praise yeah. and worship music on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all should come to the 8 p.m. mass. I'll <clears throat> show you. Uh, late, in late mass, night, have I ever had one of those? Um, actually, recently I went to mass uh, and I was sick, so I went home. Oh. oh. Unfortunately. But, it, you know. There's something special about going to mass, even in COVID times, because, you know, you have the whole spiritual communion if you're watching the stream, but you don't actually get the real mm-hmm. body. You know what I mean? 
which is why I'm grateful that we have mass mm-hmm. uh, again. But it was really hard, and we talked extensively yeah. about Easter being. Um, oh, canceled. that was so. <clears throat> oh Easter. Did you guys God, listen yeah. to that podcast or any of those? Um, How long ago I, was that? A long time. Ago. It, it was that. That's when I shaved my beard. <laughs> oh my god! I shaved my beard on Easter. Oh my gosh! Oh, really? I remember that. Not oh, gonna you? lie, I was mad. <laughs> You, you, so was most people. Yeah. Well, I was so mad. It was good for him because he looked like a terrorist, apparently, in in, uh, in Israel. In yeah. Israel, yeah. We, we went, went on. Yeah. We went on. Is what was the Tel wow. Aviv? Oh yeah. yeah, we were in Vienna and we were flying to Israel uh, for wow. when we were in Austria and we went to the Holy Land, the whole thing. But Alex has we got on the you know the, yeah, yeah. whatever it's called Jewish Airlines or whatever it is. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it was like Israeli Air or something. Was, uh, I forget. But anyways, they so the airline officials were like. Were, they I took knew, us aside and like... started like asking us all these questions, <laughs> me and Kellen. And like, when I say all these questions, I mean a lot of questions. Like, it was like, uh, why are you going to Israel? It's like, uh, visit the holy visit sites. the holy land, man. Who's this person you're traveling with? It's like, uh, Kellen. It's like, how do you know him? He goes to school with me. How long have you known him for? And like that type of questions for Has like anyone 20 minutes. You it's it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. It, well, it, whenever I get up. questioned by a, a foreign government, it is very nerve wracking. Because has that it, happened it, to you a lot? <laughs> it has happened. I own the time. I, I, mean, yeah. I traveled. I'm a well traveled person. Nice. Um, I on the time had a different passport with me too, like a different country. So I had two what passports. You had your Switzerland passport. I had my Swiss passport. Yeah. Which already gets you. Some and, eyeballs and, they were, and stuff. What in the world? They asked you a bunch of questions too. I have family in Switzerland, yeah. probably over there and what stuff. What the heck? <clears throat> yeah. That's a but, fun you know, fact. I, it is pretty cool, yeah. I, <laughs> so um, they kept questioning us and stuff. And, and, and they uh, saw like American and Switzerland. Like, what the? Okay, this is. Yeah. They probably weren't like, oh, this is really weird. We should really question these guys for a long time. They were probably just trying to be extra careful. Yeah. Because, you know, Israel you, right it's now. Israel. They want to. Yeah, yeah, everyone hates Israel. What, 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 <laughs> what, year, what, what year did you guys go to Austria? Was that 2017? 2017? 20, 20, no, it was 2017. 2017? No, it wasn't 2017. It was 2018. Fall of 2018. Because I went to Italy on the day of the Brussels attack in 2016. Whoa. So when we get into Italy, it's chaos, complete chaos. And like we were in, we were in the customs line for maybe almost three hours. Goodness gracious. Yeah, because they were checking every single bag, every single Everything. person. And yeah. like I went with all of my siblings and my mom because we were going to go we were going to go to Rome uh, to the Vatican for Easter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, oh, my which gosh. I can't recommend that. Can you Enough. can you imagine amazing. that? That's going to be awesome. Oh. oh, my gosh. It was it's probably the best experience I've ever had. And I'll forever love Easter season because it will always remind me of just like that awesomeness. But um, so that was really scary because like we had no idea what was happening <clears throat> until we got to um, the place we were staying. And we like, like we turned on the TV and it was just like talking about the Brussels attack and the bombings. And we we're like, oh, my gosh, like like they had um, the Italian military around and like oh. in the subways. And even as we were leaving, like we were getting questioned. And it was I mean, like, how old was I? I think I was about 15, 16. And I was just like, uh, uh, how old am I? I'm, 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 I'm 12. And I was like, no, I'm not 12. And I was like, just freaking yeah, out. I um, I think. Not too long after I was in Belgium because I was, I was, well, I was going from Belgium to somewhere else. I -hmm. I think I was going, what year was? Brussels was 2016. Okay. I was going to World Youth Day. Uh, And I think, was that after? 
Well, uh, when's world is that in the summertime Shoot, or spring? Because that's yeah. that's yeah. So that's so right after. after. Okay, right it was after. right after. So I remember going into the Brussels airport, and there was right when I get out of the tunnel for the uh, the plane to actually go into the airport. There's this dude with this massive machine gun, like right there. I mean, huge, yeah, huge. machine gun. I was like, Holy and you're crap. like crap. You're like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm safe. I swear. And it's. It's but scary. It, it is scary. And and it's like you, you have to kind of respect it because it's like they have to do that. They have mm-hmm. to make it. The concept of travel through air and everything with it, you know, being mm-hmm. in airports and passports mm-hmm. and everything else. Like if there's even a minor attack, that whole sphere. The entire system. The entire system is on alert anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywhere. You could be in Belgium and you could you could be in India. Anywhere. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole system, it's everywhere, talks about it, because airport attacks don't happen that often, at least I don't think. But um, but when they do, but it's, when it's they like, do, yeah. it's like because everywhere it, is on just, high alert. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know where it could happen next, because like whoever, because it could have been. You can easily, yeah, hop yeah. to a different airport. Which is amazing and terrifying. At the same time. Yeah. Dang, we got all the way to terrorism. <laughs> That's uh for modesty or no, what do we start out with? I don't even remember. We started start out with well, Veritas debates. Veritas yeah. debate. Hopefully we'll have some some pretty good ones. Do Veritas debate on terrorism. Sure. That'd be an interesting. This believes Veritas should commit acts of terrorism. <laughs> oh no. Um, it's been really cool this semester to see like um yeah, how many like associates there are and how mm. like involved they've been. Shout mm-hmm. out to the associates. Yeah. Um and yeah, three <laughs> my, debates planned. Am I an associate? No. Not. You didn't pay your I'm just, $10 I'm due. just the cameraman. I got a shirt. I need though. to do that. I need to get paid though. I only have seven dollars. <laughs> I need yeah, I need to nice. get paid before I'm able to Yeah, hopefully it's yeah. Veritas, this is the was this gonna be the fourth year? No, of, third of year. Anniversary. Shout out to you and this Clem for starting it. Yeah. I mean, you, so you guys started it your sophomore year? Yeah, I guess it. Well, it was my first year here. Okay. I was technically a sophomore, oh, but okay. by credits. I remember us by talking credit. about okay. it. You, no. he wanted to establish this uh, sort of culture on campus where we can debate stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we don't really. And I will say, I think your club is the most prevalent on campus. Yeah, I, I don't Agreed. know. I don't know of a more relevant and in terms of attracting numbers, club better than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. And I always, I never really liked like debate societies because I feel like they're, they're there's kinda... a lot of disingenuous, disingenuous, you know, and I, it needed to be real discussion that Franciscan mm-hmm. students could disagree on. Mm-hmm. And the associates times, has been really cool yeah. too. Yeah. I, I love the whole, like, like just having associates events with Veritas, like staff and stuff, I think is really cool and really mm-hmm. awesome. Like, I mean, I've only been an associate for, I don't know, the past semester, but like I, the poetry night was awesome. I loved that yeah, so that was much. Fun. That was so much fun. I'm disappointed I missed out on last semester's. Um, and I don't like, I'm really excited for all the events. Like uh, tomorrow, there's supposed to be a, a Tolkien talk, which. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, wait, where? Yeah, uh, Fireside Lounge at Fireside Lounge, yeah. Fireside. It's going to be really cool. Dr. Holmes is speaking. I think we figured out like what we wanted, where we fill in our niche with yeah. Franciscan, yeah. finally. In the early days, Clem and I used to have like hour long conversations and semi debate over like what Veritas is, what are we supposed to do, what's our role, like how do we shape it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm, I still remember our first debate was in Fireside Lounge with like 30 people. Whoa. And uh, and then the second one was like 60 people in Fireside. And then the third one was traditional marriage rules with like 90 people in the Gentile oh, gallery. traditional wow. marriage rules. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, wow. we just scaled it from there and kept going. I think my favorite thing we've done is Peter Kraft coming to campus and getting to host him. That was really cool. Didn't you play yeah. ping cool. pong with him before or something? Yeah. He kicked people's butts at ping pong. And he's like that. 84 or something like that. that he killed people at ping pong. Oh my gosh. He's a legend. He's not. He's great. And after that, we, Clem and I took um, Kraft to the airport and said like our final goodbye and stuff and we just looked at each other and we're like i can't believe that just happened <laughs> like we had him this entire day and how much did you pay him to come i don't know a grand or something like that wow. we allocated it we need ben shapiro that's what we need <laughs> but uh yeah it's been it's been really cool even with covid stuff we've had i mean we had four debates last semester i'm pretty sure which is pretty impressive yeah i yeah yeah especially no, and, really uh, yeah. yeah associates are still kicking strong Heck we had yeah. our uh I think my favorite part of the associates last semester was the uh, our Thanksgiving, our associates Thanksgiving at the end of the year. Oh, I missed out. You missed out. Yeah, yeah. That's I wasn't yeah. there. It was it was awesome. That was really fun. I heard but, it was uh, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I hope it. And what's really cool too is like you know, Clem and I started it, but now it's uh, Curtis and Justine are yeah. leading it, yeah. and the associates. It's like taken yeah a life of its own, and and people feel it's established, and yeah, I think yeah. Franciscan's better off for it, which no, is absolutely. nice. Leave a legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. And more debates this semester. And uh, so w- when are the next debates? Uh, there's one at the end of February, I think. <clears throat> Maybe two weeks. I think two weeks from this Sunday. Oh. So pretty soon. More associate events. And uh, yeah. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Woo. Kellen and Alex show. Woo. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. By the way, I have to say, I love your guys' names. I've never heard of I've heard of Daisy, but I've never heard of Daisy. I'm not Daisy. Yeah, Hadley. I've never heard of that name before. Yeah. That is a very unique name. What's the story behind that? So, my mom was an English major, so she loved to read. And she was reading a book about Ernest Hemingway, and his first wife's name was Hadley. And she was like, that's a really cool name. So, yeah. Beautiful name. Awesome. It means um, field of Heather. Heather. Yeah, yeah, Heather Meadows. Hadley. Oh, wow. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, my 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 real name. <laughs> I always sound so like pompous when I say this. <laughs> my real real name is Ashleen, but Americanized, it's Aislin, and then nickname is Az. It means uh, oh. dream of hope. Oh, wow. that's pretty. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Ashlyn? Ashlyn. Ashlyn. How do you spell that? A-I-S-L-I-N-G. In G at the end? Mm-hmm. Celtic, Irish. Celtic. Okay, wow. got it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. This is not the last time we're going to have you guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh. I yeah. hope not. This is really, really fun. Yeah. I was a little, was a a little nervous because I was like, I don't know what this is going to be like. <laughs> I know. <same. laughs> I was like, well, I was like I how do know, I prepare? I need to yeah, sound I good. Like, yeah. I was, I was Beforehand, I was with Hadley and I was like, I didn't. Was I supposed to prepare for them? I was like, I didn't, I didn't even have time to just think flows. about it. It just cool. flows. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming no, on. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, this thanks for having us. Fun. Yeah. Any uh, donations? <laughs> <laughs> Donate to the cause. Uh, the Kellen and Alex show, yeah, Big Apes. Woo! <laughs> and uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for tuning <laughs> in. Goodbye. Peace Woo. out. If there's a Christian religion, 
then it's Catholicism or nothing. What politics actually is, art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop and, a nuke uh, on the Franciscan bubble. The Kellen and Alex Show. God could have stopped it if he Permissive wanted. will. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through. But then again, God allows God allows you to go to... on and on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Truth, okay. 